0: I could brave the siberian wilderness at this point it's very grave of thrones it is right the faux fur yeah but all i need to wash this thing real bad it's just full of kitty here that's the problem Welcome to the newest episode of Rabbit Holes Podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Elise. And I'm your other host, Andy. And welcome to the end of 2019. Dun, dun, dun. Yes. I mean, it's not been a great year. It's not been a terrible year. It's no 2016. We'll put it that way. No. But it's also not been a great year. <laughs> it's it? had its moments. Agreed. <laughs> yes. Yes.
1: It wasn't as bad personally as twenty eighteen? Right. But it's been pretty bad. It hasn't been great.
0: Right. Yeah, I'm still ready to relegate it to the history yeah. dump and call it a day. Yeah. Get on with 2020 ing it all. Fresh new perspective. <laughs> Elise and Andy 2.0. Woo! I can't promise that. <laughs> <laughs> Neither can I, like come on. You're writing checks, my depression cannot cash. <laughs> oh boy. Uh so our listeners might remember last year we did a year in review show where we traded off back and forth mm-hmm. on some big stories and some like big topic areas. And so we're going to do that again this year. Mhm. Um I was thinking it was going to be another 2 hour 30 minute when I prepped my 11 pages <laughs> worth of notes. But I hear you're down to four, so... (laughs) I whittled it down to, like, four and a quarter. We might not be here as long as I thought we were going to (laughs) be. So that's either really good for the listeners or really bad, depending on what side of the divide they fall down on. (laughs) More or less rabbit hole. (laughs) Well, I think we're still going to be here a long time because you've got 11 pages. This is true. Some of it's ridiculously nuts, so, so... I think there's going to be a lot of banter. So mm. this is what this is what the problem was last yeah. year. least had a lot of opinions <laughs> as I was re-listening to it. <laughs> a lot of opinions. <laughs> so how do we want to do this? I don't know. Who wants to start? Do we want to
1: start happy and light with entertainment, or do we want to start world news?
0: I don't know. Don't make me make a decision. I can't make a decision.
1: Let's start world news and then we can
0: lighten it up with some top grossing movies. Okay. We can do that. (laughs) Okay. Celebrity breakups. (laughs) I like making fun of the brokenhearted, so it'll be good. All right. So world events uh, fell to me this year, uh, and I picked three or four uh, to look at. So the first one I want to talk about was the... Greta Thunberg of it all, with the climate change crusade that's happening. So, unlike what a lot of politicians would like people to believe, climate change is very, very real, as I sit here in my faux fur blanket, because I'm so very cold. Very Game of Thrones, Jon <laughs> Snow style. Uh, and it's not even... <laughs> Well, we're filming, recording this on December
1: 19th, so... But it was minus, like, 16 or 17, according to the truck, when I was on my way here yeah, today.
0: Yeah, but so. with wind chill, it dropped down below twenty. have oh, almost 30, so... Bonkers. Uh, So, we're on target to shortly hit a crisis point in which the average temperature on Earth will be 15 degrees higher than it was before the Industrial Revolution. I read a book for you in university about, like, um, it was, like, a sequel to... H.G. Uh, Wells, the time traveler. And it was like, dude went into the future really, really far. And it was like completely decimated from due to climate change. And he's like, what did we all expect when we started a giant bonfire called the Industrial Revolution? And then did nothing to put it out. And I think about that a lot these days. <laughs> that was a good lie. <laughs> uh, so the predicted changes will expose about 350 million people to drought, which is expected to push 120 million into extreme poverty by 2030. The science is clear on this. We need to reduce emissions by 7.6% every year for the next 10 years to put the planet back on track. That is a huge change that needs to happen.
1: Yes. Not happen. I just drove my giant truck here. Yes. Yeah, that's on you. <laughs> because my slightly more fuel-efficient vehicle died. Yes. <laughs>
0: So in August 2018, not this year, August, but last August, Greta Thunberg started a one-person protest of the Swedish parliament buildings. Uh, She's clear that this was inspired by the protest work done by the Parkland shooting survivors, who we talked about in last year's wrap-up. She distributed flyers that read, quote, my name is Greta, I am in ninth grade, and I am school striking for climate. Since you adults don't give a damn about my future, I won't either. Very poignant, good point, Greta moment. She sat outside the building from August 20th until the national election on September 9th to raise awareness, and it worked. After the elections, uh, she continued her protests on Fridays only, uh, vowing to continue until Sweden got in line with the Paris Agreement, and that's when her efforts truly went global. So that was August 2018, but within 16 months, she was meeting with world leaders and was even invited to address the UN General General Assembly this year. On September 20th, she became the figurehead for a worldwide series of marches where people demanded their political leaders take action on the issue of climate change. Uh, and FYI, Collins Dictionary made "climate strike" their word of the year for 2019 hmm. because people were searching it so much on their website. While her efforts haven't led to much concrete change in national policies, there's been some minor adjustments. But more aggressive course action—a uh, more aggressive course of action—is needed. It has been responsible for what Time Magazine, who named her Person of the Year for 2019, calls a, quote, global attitudinal shift. And I just put that in because I like the word attitudinal. There you go. (laughs) Uh, It's estimated that 250,000 people protested in New York City uh, in September, 100,000 in London, 1.4 million in Germany, and then an additional 4 million worldwide. Uh, Her efforts to raise awareness has caused some multinationals to make changes in response to demands from their customer base and employees. For example, uh, the KLM airline has asked customers to consider not flying if it's not essential to, which is real weird for an airline to ask their customers to not use them. Yeah, I know. But it's KLM, so that's I'm not sure which country it comes out of, but it's that, the Greta backyard of it all, so I, I can get that. Uh, And train operating uh, organizations, especially in Europe, are seeing an increased ticket sale as people swear off air travel. So I know, like, if I travel to Toronto from now on, it's probably not going to be the 45-minute puddle hopper flight.
1: I, to be honest, I prefer taking the train anyway to Toronto Montreal. Because, to me, by the time you get to the airport in in advance, yeah, get on, like, wait, get on the plane, get off. It's all the same. It's all the same. Like, and uh, you can work, uh, to me, I can do more things on the train, because you're sitting. There's more room. There's more room. Wi-Fi. You can get up. It's just more comfortable. Yeah. Especially to Montreal. Like, I prefer the train of
0: if I have, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Do they actually fly to Montreal from Ottawa? Like, what mm-hmm. is it, a four-minute flight? I don't know. Like, going to Toronto, you hit cruising altitude, and they start the descent already. I know. <laughs> Porter's, like, whipping cans of pop at your face. <laughs> like, just like, here it is. Shut up and take it. <laughs> Here's your booze! Here's your booze! <laughs>
1: <laughs> also coming from a family that flies everywhere, because we live so far apart. Yeah. I, I, I see that, but I also see, especially in places like Canada, where it's kind of necessity if you oh, want to see your family you yeah, fly. Yeah. Like, training at Toronto, training to Montreal,
0: Quebec City. Reasonable. Reasonable. Beyond that, yeah. we're talking cost-benefit. Yeah. I did take the train to Halifax one summer. It was delightful-ish. I had a cabin. Would not recommend it. It was so small that, like, even I felt I was, like, tired of my own company at a certain point. <laughs> it's about the size of this walk-in closet. Mm. But, like, smaller, because this walk-in closet's pretty long. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> so so it was not like the car they took in Spectre? Because we watched that the other night.
1: In what? Spectre. Spectre. The James Bond movie? They're on that train through the desert? I barely remember that movie. Now you're going to have to rewatch
0: it. Mm, okay. <laughs> um, back to you, Greta. Uh, this next point is something I don't like to focus on, but I'm going to mention it because it's used widely by her critics, which I think is shitty of them. But Time makes a pretty good point about her and her Aspergers, because she's on the spectrum. Uh, Time says, "Quote." She doesn't operate on the same emotional register as many of the people she meets. She dislikes crowds, ignores small talk, and speaks in direct, uncomplicated sentences. She cannot be flattered or distracted. She is not impressed by other people's celebrity, nor does she seem to have interest in her own growing fame. But these very qualities have helped make her a global sensation. They also note that her Asperger's doesn't allow her to compartmentalize issues like you or I might. So it's really an all or nothing thing thought pattern with her which is why this climate change it seems to hit her so deeply. Like, it, it should hit all of us, but for her, just you can see yeah. there's, like, a certain level that you're just like, I get it, but <laughs> she's not com- com- compartmentalizing like yeah. you or I would. That's why. She's not
1: looking at my giant truck and saying, I feel that you cannot buy another vehicle right now. You already own this vehicle. Right. Which we don't yeah. normally drive that much, yeah. but right now
0: I have to if yeah. I want to go anywhere. Yeah, she's not going to be your best friend. No. That's for damn sure. <laughs> Uh, so just to sum up this, uh, this story in the news of the world, uh, her crusade can be summed up in this quote from the time article, which she was named person of the year, quote, we can't just continue living as if there was no tomorrow because there is a tomorrow. So smart kid for a 16 year old. Uh, next story from world in review. uh, I looked at the Hong Kong protests. As uh, the Time article points out, the where she was named Person of the Year, Greta's success is both facilitated by and has led to the empowerment of youth in national discussions. One place where this was true this year was in Hong Kong. In April, Hong Kong's government proposed a bill that would allow the Chinese territory uh, to extradite its citizens to mainland China. So remember, Hong Kong had been a British colony until 1997 when their 100-year lease ended and they had to return it to China. And Under that British rule, they enjoyed a much more permissive set of laws than mainland China did. They are now a Chinese holding, but they still have far more rights than those on mainland China. And this is known as the basic law, and it's set to expire in 2047. But until then, Hong Kongers have the right to freedom of assembly and speech, and it has its own judiciary and legal system separate from China's. So in a very repressive culture, they are the standout enclave, if you will. The one part where they liked British colonialism. Yes. Yeah. Because they were making a lot of money off of it. And were very British themselves. Yeah.
1: Culturally. But it also just afforded them a lot more of their own
0: culture. Yes. Yes. And freedoms and rights. Yes. Yeah. Because the Brits imported their rule of law, yeah. not the Chinese. Yeah. So the concern over this extradition bill was that it would expose citizens of Hong Kong to the more restrictive mainland laws and that they would find themselves standing in front of a Chinese judge and then disappear into whatever the Chinese equivalent of a gulag is and no one would ever see them again. Because it's been known to happen. Yeah. So <laughs> Many saw the proposed law as the increase of Chinese authority over Hong Kong, especially against those who protested the Chinese government and those who reported on it, and it was the reporting part that made a lot of people real nervous. Uh, Hong Kongers have a lengthy history of protest, and this was no different. Hundreds of thousands of people took to the streets to oppose the proposed legislation, the extradition law. And after a couple of weeks, the Justice Minister said that it would be suspended indefinitely. So it worked. However, Hong Kongers didn't trust their government and demanded that it not just be suspended, but it be withdrawn completely. And so they continued to protest. And the demonstrations got progressively violent. Uh, The Daily had some really interesting episodes Around that time So if you're looking for more details on that Go back to the Daily from September I want to say Maybe late summer Uh, In September the bill was officially withdrawn So those protests Did what they were supposed to do Uh, But something had changed by then And the people weren't satisfied And they needed and wanted more there is a real concern and I think it's a legitimate concern that the Hong Kong government is too far into the pocket of the Chinese government and protesters had been extremely violent in the fall so people lost faith in the Hong Kong police force and how they responded to those protests and the police force having responded with more and more violence in the face of increasingly violent attacks uh, led to um, new avenues of the protest movement it it became like a self-fulfilling prophecy yeah yeah, as often
1: like, as sadly
0: as often as protests do, yeah. go from peaceful protest to progressively violent, and-, and then it's just the police crack down, so they protest again, and yeah, it just becomes cyclical. Yes, uh, in November, Hong Kong held elections. Seventeen of the eighteen councils uh, that make up the Hong Kong government uh, are now j- governed by pro-democracy councillors. So they took a left turn from the rest of the world that's been going increasingly conservative, and they voted a more liberal uh, government in, which we barely did. Yeah, <laughs> Which I'm assuming you'll talk about at some point. Yep. Okay. Uh, now the protesters have moved beyond, now the protest has moved beyond its initial tender point, which was the extradition bill, and Hong Kongers are demanding uh, four things. The first is that they not be characterized as a riot, because that's important in the law. You're either a protester or you're a rioter. No one wants to be charged as a rioter. Especially when you're being charged by Chinese friendlies. (laughs) Two, amnesty for arrested protesters. Again, C.1. Three, an independent inquiry into alleged police brutality. And four, complete universal suffrage. Which I read that and I didn't look too much into it. But now that I read it, I'm like, they don't have complete universal suffrage. That's surprising. So, But not really. Because it's... China... I, but, like, British, too, for so long? Like, who's not getting the right to vote, I guess, is what I should have looked at. Mm, true. So, that's my homework. <laughs> <laughs> uh, in response, Chinese President uh, Xi Jinping has warned against separatism, saying any attempt to divide China would, be, would end in, quote, bodies smashed and bones ground to powder. That's what you want to hear from your friendly... Dictator. Overlord. Yowch. Yeah. <laughs> Not great. So while the protests started about one unpopular law and worked, it's now become a much larger question of what rights Hong Kongers can have and what influence Main China will have there both before and after the end of the basic law that's set to expire in 2047. So dicey time. Something to keep your eye on. Yeah. For the coming year, because it doesn't seem like it's slowing down. No.
1: Uh, next thing you can just repress people for so long, and then they're looking at their counterparts, going, "We don't want to get like that," like they don't want to get like get like yes, that's poor grammar. They don't want to be <laughs> like
0: that. yeah, they don't yeah yeah. I see what you're saying. Like
1: yes, you're looking at their counterparts in mainland China who can't you know say boo right, or looking at the people who are printing. I think the Daily might have done.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: It was a printer bookseller. Yeah, the bookseller who disappeared right. from Hong Kong went into China and right, and then comes back and says, "No, Chinese didn't abduct
0: me and yeah, put nodes on my nards." Yeah, yeah like <laughs> yeah. So I get it. Yes, for sure. I'm trying to think. Yes, like when you look at like the fall of the British Empire in general, like one place got home rule and then oh, they all wanted it. And that's, like, one of the dominoes trigger effects that we, like, cite as the cause of the fall of the British Empire. It's just, it's ironic that it's happening here in 2019, and the Brits aren't even involved anymore. I know. (laughs) They probably would like the British back. Yeah. So, from one clusterfuck to another, let's now look at Brexit. (laughs) In case you've managed to avoid all info slash news about Brexit... Congratulations! And what's your secret? Because holy shit, has been everywhere. I don't go into nearly enough nor good enough detail. Just check out John Oliver, because he does a better job. That's so, what I do. I'm not going to lie. I have not watched any news in months. Okay.
1: Because we haven't had, like, a working satellite. Like, our satellite's been off and on. Right. And... Whenever we get time to actually sit down and watch TV lately, like, like, it's been like, let's watch something
0: funny, not like Brexit.
1: Yeah, uh, <laughs> because I'm tired. <laughs> fair, fair for fair. So I know Brexit is a disaster, and uh, they re-elected,
0: like, yeah, Douchey Howard,
1: like, Doris, Doris, uh, Doris Johnson, Doris
0: Johnson, with <laughs> uh, Draco Malfoy forty years in the future with like two divorces under his belt. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I got it. So, then you're going to need a bit of background. And I got a bit of background. Enough to, like, broad stroke it. So, the key issue in the situation is the United Kingdom's participation in the European Union, which is a political and economic system in Europe. The 28 members have agreed to a common currency, open borders, and a bunch of different trade deals. The UK has always had a slightly uneasy relationship with the EU, and never got fully on board with some of its main ideas, like the whole common currency thing. And that comes from being, like thinking you are the global overlord. So why would you The Empire? They yeah. still have imperialism. Yeah. 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 <laughs> so following the rise of nationalist governments over the last couple of years, the far right parties in the UK got a referendum on the ballot in twenty sixteen with the question, Should we leave the EU? And the people voted yes. The referendum results were fifty two percent leave and forty eight remain. It was not a shocking mandate. Like for, like, there should have been a wider margin needed. Like, two-thirds. Wider margin needed? Yes. Yeah. Yes. What did I say? That's something close, but not quite. <laughs> Mushmouth it? Yeah. <laughs> I think you put the M where the W should have been. <laughs> yeah. Well, in eleven and a half months, when I have to re-listen to this episode, that's when I'm going to find what I said. <laughs> or when you do the editing. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Of the countries uh, in the United part of the United Kingdom, so uh, England and Wales drove the vote uh, to leave while Scotland and Northern Ireland wanted to stay. David Cameron, then PM, was seen to have fucked up the whole situation and so stepped down and Theresa May got the job. She tried for two years to negotiate with the EU for the UK to have a good deal to leave because they were basically quitting but still wanted a lot of the economic benefits and were negotiating from a serious position of weakness. So EU basically told them, "We're calling the shots. Fuck, fuck right off." off. <laughs> <laughs> uh, make- like we would say to Quebec if they ever tried to exactly. Leave. Yes, yes. Uh, leave the maple syrup and get the fuck out <laughs> would be what it would boil down to at this point. Uh, May proposed several plans for an exit to Parliament, none of which were accepted and finally decided that she was never going to get it done and so stepped down and handed over the mess to those who pushed for it so badly to start off the, to get it done. So fun fact, a lot of the politicians like Boris Johnson who advocated for Brexit in the lead up to the referendum didn't actually stick around to govern slash implement their plan so they won the referendum and then quit politics for um, quite some time. So A plus douchebaggery right there. Uh, In the first few months of his PM-ship, Johnson tried to strong-arm the EU into giving him a good deal. Spoilers, (laughs) it didn't work. He prorogued Parliament when it was clear he wasn't going to get support for the deal he did manage to get. Spoilers, that didn't work. The USK's Supreme Court recently ruled that it was an illegal move. And finally, he called the national election as a referendum light on what people want to see done. Now... I prepped this story on December 13th, and uh, I have to say I'm very disappointed in the UK, because that was the morning the election results came out, in which they re-elected. Fuck nut. Like, and not by, like, a little margin. Like, a considerable margin. Befuddled. Utterly befuddled. But. So. So. This story really should have had a springtime wrap-up. We should not be dealing like with it still. Uh, once the UK officially served its notice that it was leaving the EU, they started the clock on the negotiation for exit, and they had two years to do so. The March 2019 deadline wasn't met, and May secured extensions through April and then October. Uh, Johnson, who took office in July, said he would meet the October deadline or crash out of the EU, which is when they would leave without any sort of formal agreement. Uh, but that didn't happen either. So, first promise. So, so what are they, are they? Are they in some sort of weird limbo? They have another extension until okay. January. Next point. The new deadline oh, sorry. is January 31, 2020. Sorry. <laughs> so, yes. Uh, this was this big thing. Like, Johnson roared into power saying, like, we're leaving on the 31st. Like, fuck you. Like, we're out. We're done. And then he backed down off that. Well, because And is going to try to negotiate once more. <laughs> like, well, because they can't just leave. Like, it's... He has to get the Parliament on board and so he tried to shut down Parliament so they wouldn't get a say, and then the Supreme Court decided that wasn't legit. Yeah. So So all of this is pieced together for my memory and wild simplifications. Do yourself a favor, watch all of John Oliver's stuff on it for more slash better summaries. We'll have to see what happens at the end of January 2020. The whole thing is such a mess that I don't even want to make a guess of what happens because I can honestly see another deadline being set. So oh yeah. Push back. Or the crash-out might happen. Boris Johnson might be riding high on this, I have the people's mandate and I can do whatever the fuck I want now, so we'll just tank it all. Or Johnson could eat a corgi and be institutionalized so a new election is <laughs> held. Who knows? It could be any one of these options. <laughs> it would not surprise me. <laughs> <sighs> so, we're going to have to watch that. Uh, On next... On next... Well, Next up, let's cross the pond and head south, because South America has been on fire, both figuratively and literally for the better part of 2019. Yeah. Let's start with politics. That's not good. We'll start with politics, specifically the politics of Venezuela. Things have been tense in the country for years. They've been struggling with crumbling infrastructure, corrupt politics, and massive inflation, which has devalued their currency. Which, fun fact, ran at 1.3 million percent from November 2017 to November 2018. So as where we have a dollar store, they would need to have a million Bolivar store to buy the same thing. So you can see why people are upset just a little bit. Yeah. So they would need that, like, wheelbarrow full of money to buy a, a loaf, loaf of bread? bread. Yep, yeah, we're there again. And it gets worse. The IMF is predicting a 10 million percent inflation rate between November 2018 and November 2019. November. Numbers are still out on how bad it actually got. But how can you afford anything? You can't (laughs) can't afford a single damn thing. Uh, More perspective, the cost of things doubled on average every 19 days. Jesus, and I thought my groceries were bad enough. They are not. So this year, uh, shit kicked off on January 23rd, 2019. When opposition leader Juan Guideo uh, declared himself acting president. This came as something of a shock to the elected president, Nicolas Maduro, who had been elected just two weeks earlier. But that election had a lot of issues leading to questions of validity. The opposition party won control of the National Assembly, and it refused to recognize Maduro. Who isn't popular in the U.K. Uh, in the U.S., so he's accusing Guaido of working with the Americans to overthrow his government. And let's face facts, it's South America, so that's probably not much of a reach. Yeah. They don't have the best
1: track record. Both. Yeah. All of those countries and the U.S. Yeah. together. Never, yeah. It, There's a reason that it was like a main point of a James Bond or two movies. Right.
0: Exactly. Uh, things got even dicier on April 30th of this year when uh, Guaido held a press conference where he stood with a bunch of dudes in uniform and called on the military to support him in the power struggle. That makes me nervous. I think that should make everyone nervous. No one wants military to Military coup! Yeah, exactly. And the world is divided on who to support. The U.S. and many Latin American nations recognize Guaido, while Russia and China recognize Maduro. And using my dirt bags of a feather theory, that should tell you all you need to know. Yeah. <laughs> so the sketchy elections that put this guy in power—probably if Russia and China are backing you, like you got issues. Yeah. As you may expect, the king-making power currently sits with the National Security Force. And they've been pretty loyal to Maduro so far, uh, partly mainly because he has been giving them plenty of pay raises and giving high-level military leaders positions in the government.
1: Mm.
0: Yeah, that's never good signs. No. Yeah. Uh, both sides met uh, several a couple times this year, first in Norway in May, and then in the Barbados uh, in August to try to find a solution. But after the august talks maduro broke off negotiations that seems to have been related to the u.s decision to impose sanctions on the crippled venezuelan economy further damaging it as well as the u.s move to seize all venezuelan government assets in the u.s and barring future transactions with the venezuelan government so maduro did not take kindly to those actions i decided he wasn't going to talk anymore he was just going to go home and use the military to rule Right now, we're watching two privileged men fight for power, but the human cost is mounting. Venezuelans can't afford basics like food and toiletries. The UN has estimated that 4 million people have left the country as economic refugees since 2014. A quarter of those are believed to have crossed into Colombia, putting a huge burden on their neighbors. There was that stupidity this summer where the government literally blocked humanitarian aid in a hella dramatic way by putting uh, shipping containers across a bridge. I don't know if you remember seeing those. Shots like Red Cross was trying to deliver food for the people who couldn't afford to eat, and they put parking or er, shipping containers across a bridge, literally, rendering it unpassable. Classy, yeah. So, this is going to be one to watch because how much longer can it really go on before somebody gets trigger happy at some cabinet meeting somewhere? Well, who knows? Again, the Daily Show, the Daily did a great run of episodes on this topic. What the Colombian should do is take some hippos, <laughs> send it into Venezuela. But with lasers, Austin Power style. Yes. <laughs> uh, now, on to the literal fire in South America that is the fires in Brazil. So, Brazil recently elected a very conservative government that is more in line with business interests than social human interests. And if you have any doubt about that, just look at the state of the Amazon. There has been a marked decrease in enforcement of laws designed to protect the Amazon, so illegal deforestation for agriculture and invasion of indigenous territories are increasing. Deforestation has seen about 20% of the, Amazon Braz- uh, the Brazilian Amazon disappear since 1970. Efforts were made to slow-slash-stop that throughout the 2010s, and it was working, until the current government came into power and reversed everything, and... But even like, I can think of the '80s and the '90s. There's a lot of save the rainforest, save the Amazon. Yes, and so like that's kind of what led up to like the the good that was happening. But again, like the save the whales, save the Amazon, like it's the same as like the Satanic Panic. That, like yeah. it was a twenty-four-hour news cycle that caught it, right? Yeah, and ran with it. Uh, estimates say that there has been more deforestation in 2019 than there has been since 2008. Wow. This is bad news for all of us because the Amazon absorbs about 20% of global carbon dioxide and turns it into oxygen that, you know, we need to breathe. Yeah. So when they say the lungs of the earth are on fire, it's not hyperbole. They mean it. Uh, We're in a chicken or the egg situation now. The Amazon helps offset climate change, but as we get rid of more and more of the forests, we're speeding up that climate change, so it's another shitty cycle of self-fulfilling prophecies. Scientists are worried that we're approaching the tipping point, where the forest could disappear and turn into irreversible savanna, which you know they're just going to put cattle on, and that's just going to make carbon emission... It's going to make a carbon emitter rather than neutral slash negative, and then we're back to the 90s, save the Amazon. Yeah. Don't let the cows fart all over the uh, ozone there. Uh, No Aquanet, people. Exactly. So, while the height of the fires occurred this summer, they continued throughout the fall though the 24-hour news cycle meant we all stopped talking about it. In September, where I got the, the numbers for the story came from, there were almost 20,000 fires burning, accounting for about 65% of Brazil's Amazon landmass had a fire on it. That's fucking huge! Well, yeah, but it's just like, good lord! Luckily, the Amazon, like, spreads over to a couple of different countries. But you remember the, the Olympics? There. Yeah. A couple years ago, and their opening ceremonies where they, like, lectured the world about yeah. saving the environment. You can, like, fucking sit on it. <laughs> like, fuck right off.
1: Now I wonder, is that soccer stadium they built for FIFA in the rainforest <laughs> that was totally never used again and just left a crumble right. on fire?
0: Who knows? <laughs> 65% chances, yes. <laughs> Speaking of shit being on fire, my last story in the world news section was the fire in April at the Notre Dame Cathedral in Paris. Last year at my world events, I closed with the fire at the National Museum in South America. I felt it was an apropos recycle. So um, at that time, in the spring of this year, the building had been undergoing some much needed repairs. On April 15th, a mass was in session when fire alarms went off. At 6.20, Paris time, security guards started evacuating the cathedral in response to the alarm uh, that was going on, and then it took about 400 firefighters nine hours to get control of the flames in that building. The problem is that, though the body of the building is stone, the support beams in the roof were wood, and really, really old wood tends to be really dry, so once the fire like had reached them... kindling. Yeah. Uh, once the fire reached them, it was game over. So the roof was constructed in the 13th century using new, then, 13th century wood, but also some wood that was believed to have been used in earlier roofs from both 1160 and 1170. So, shit. If you farted near those, they would have gone up. (laughs) Uh, The forest of oak beams, as the roof structure was known, was completely destroyed this year. The primary spire that stood at the intersection of the nave collapsed and fell into the body of the church. And fun fact, there are no trees big enough in France anymore to rebuild the roof with French wood. And yes, they've looked. So they're going to be importing wood for this grand French. I know, the world shall end. Following the fire, there was a lot of criticism of the world's response. A bunch of billionaires, including Salma Hayek's husband, by the way, uh, pledged oodles of cash for the rebuilding program. In the same week that this happened, three black churches in the U.S. South were burnt and got very little attention. And no one freaked out this bad when the Taliban was ripping through the Middle East, destroying sites of religious significance then. And then this was also around the time of the Amazon fires. So, it was not a great look for humanity to pick this one rich white center.
1: I also, I'm like... No offense, the church doesn't need... Like, they could have built it on their own coffers. They could have just, you know, yeah. pulled some ruby the size of my ass. Yeah, out of their basement. Out of their
0: basement, dusted it off, sold it. bitch on eBay. Like, yeah. Yeah, no, I know. I get that Notre Dame is special, but it is one crisis of many that are and were happening. And for people to get their knickers in a knot over history when actual people are dying and struggling, and if even I feel icky about that with my love of history, like... That tells you something about how badly we need to re-examine our priorities. It's one
1: building. Like, yes. yes, it had some stuff in it. But it's not like the museum that you did last year, which had right a shitload of history in it. Yes. And I love a good cathedral. Yeah.
0: But. It was not a good look for a human. It's just like. Kind <sighs> that week. Like, we that was one center of religion there were three centers of religion in the u.s south that were targeted because they were predominantly populated by black people like to me that's the worst story like let's focus on that yeah so uh the one chuckle that came from this trump suggesting that they use aircraft to drop water on the site like a forest fire at the time he tweeted that because twitter is like yeah his crack yeah uh, the french ministry of the interior's official twitter account then responded quote the drop of water by air on this type of building could indeed result in the collapse of the entire structure think of all the shit they were dealing with that day and they still took a few minutes to basically b- tweet back come on man <laughs> like come on think it through <laughs> as you might expect the french are looking for answers Arson investigators quickly ruled out the idea that the fire was purposefully set. They are convinced it was an accident. Current theories are both related to negligence, however. Either an electrical malfunction, Uh, it seems the construction company doesn't have the best track record of diligence as they should have had, or, it is France, a cigarette. (laughs) Heaven help the poor bastards. Construction,
1: French, probably Probably a cigarette.
0: cigarette. Uh, Heaven help the poor bastards, who are eventually found to be at fault. Because that construction company is donezo yeah <laughs> and uh, so that's my tour through big headline grabbing stories from 2019 in world news yeah we're at 40 minutes <laughs> <laughs>
1: <me that> <laughs> so I'm gonna do entertainment we, we do we we divvy it up much like we did last year um, so I'll start with the I'm going to guess you're going to guess do you know what the top grossing movie hands down was in 2019 Oh, whatever Avengers 1 came out that I can't remember the name of Avengers Game at a staggering two oh, uh, almost three billion dollars it's too much two billion seven hundred ninety seven million eight hundred thousand five hundred and fifty four dollars worldwide it's too much that is one billion more than the second place which was Lion King Yeah, that's still too much though even for Lion King Uh, the top 10 was dominated by Disney with 9 of the 10 movies being Disney Hmm. and they all made over 1 billion only one uh, only one top 10 movie was not Disney and that was The Joker a Warner Brothers picture it was at number 6 which I think is too high Um, (laughs) I I I haven't seen the movie but as soon as I heard that they used um, Gary Glitter song in it
0: Look like who you're talking to.
1: <laughs> Who's Gary Glitter? Um, he was a British, uh, singer, celebrity, giant pedophile. Okay. In jail Wait. for pedophilia.
0: Okay, he's been convicted, found yeah. guilty. Okay. <laughs> like,
1: so as soon as like like he's getting royalties, I'm like, no.
0: Mm-mm. Good point.
1: Yeah, uh, that's my line in the sand. <laughs> um. The biggest movie flops were *Serenity*, starring uh, Matthew McConaughey, which only made 8.5 million of its 25 million dollar budget. That just came out this year. Mm-hmm. No, you're thinking of probably *Interstellar*. No, I'm thinking of the one with Anne Hathaway. Yeah, that's because they just covered
0: it on. Um... How did this get made yeah so when they do have this on how this get made i'm assuming it's an older movie no it just came at the start of this year <laughs> Holy shit!
1: i was meant to put in a few more movies and i apparently totally um got <laughs> sidetracked yeah <laughs> uh there was a few more big flops a lot of them made uh only like a fraction of their big budgets uh top movie shows was our argue- uh, top movie shows <laughs> top tv shows <laughs> was arguably the final season of Game of Thrones. Yeah. Love it or hate it, it was much discussed, divis- divisive end to a love franchise. In the rise of streaming services, it might be the last of the must-see TV water cooler fodder that everybody's watching at the same time.
0: Yes. But I mean, like, HBO played it right, where they released it on their streaming at the same time as yeah, broadcast. So you might have more like that. But yes, you're right. We're moving away from cable. Yeah,
1: of being able to watch the same thing, and, like, at that, the same time. that had a, such a,
0: like, I'm a Doctor Who
1: fan, but I haven't watched the last few seasons. Right. Same thing, like, you know, Sherlock was great. It was niche. It had a long time between seasons, so yeah, you start to lose people. Uh, Marvel might be winning at the movie department, but they are not turning that into a small screen success. With 2019 scene, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., Daredevil, Iron Fist, Jessica Jones, Luke Cage, The Punisher, and Runaways all canceled. Oh. So only one Spider-Man got renewed this year. So
0: all of Marvel's TV shows shut down. A, Spider-Man has a TV show. Color Me Shocked. B, Color Me Shocked again over the Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. thing. Because that seemed to be going, like, nerd strong. Yeah. Uh, So speak
1: of streaming services
0: See again I was like cutting
1: her down (laughs) Speaking of streaming services Launched late in 2018 Was Disney Plus The hotly anticipated Disney streaming service So far it lacks original content But people do seem to be pleased And The Mandalorian and Baby Yoda Are a big hit I thought they were original content That is but that's pretty much the only original content They
0: have so far Uh, R. Kelly Wait streaming Streaming so, just a, a word out to like the Hollywood executives that listen to our show because yeah what they do. Um, stop it with the streaming networks. Like we all got rid of cable to save money, and so we're just all paying for like Netflix to buy the rights to your shows. I am not going to get Peacock, which seems like a Jack Donaghy Thirty Rock style joke that somebody took seriously and made it to, like it's streaming. This is a thing. Yeah, NBC's streaming oh. platform is going to be called Peacock. Yeah. Literally, Jack Donaghy idea level from like Alec Baldwin 30 Rock style. Like, it seems like a joke Tina Fey wrote. I, like, I'm CBS All Access is another one. ABC has its own proper pay to play streaming. I am not going to get back into cable streaming version. It's not going to happen.
1: Although, I figured
0: because I pay about
1: $100 a month for my satellite. Mm hmm. $100 a month can buy me
0: all of those streaming services almost. True, but when you're trying to save money... and then, I was just trying to cut my life down a little bit. And then, like, I have Netflix, I have Amazon Prime, which gets me the Amazon Prime video, and I have the Hey You, which is the the reality TV yeah. one, which I can maybe get through Amazon Prime for, like, a dollar less, but, like, I haven't watched the Hey You one in three months, so every time I see the notice come through on my bank statement that they've withdrawn those six bucks, I'm like... Why am I doing this? And so, like, if six bucks a month is pissing me off, (laughs) I'm not going to jump in on anyone else's streaming network. Well, I got... um,
1: Although I did sign up for the 30-day because our satellite wasn't working, and now all of a sudden it's working now that I threatened to cancel it. Not that they know. It's like they heard. Right. They're like, oh, now we better make this work. Right. Motherfuckers. Uh, We're not bringing it over to the new house. Um, So I signed us up for... Uh, a thirty-day free trial for um, the CBC, the Gem you can get for okay. free. But then they're like, if you want to watch news right. streaming, News Network, you have to pay for it. Which my parents watch News Network, so I was like, oh, I'm right. better make sure I have that while they're here. Mm. But I haven't noticed to cancel that as soon as my thirty days is up because I can get pretty much
0: everything else from Gem. Right. Um, you are probably one of the six people outside of Newfoundland who still are, like, on board with anything CBC. <laughs> well, I like Shits Creek, and there's a few other things. Like, they like, Shits Creek's on Netflix, buddy. Oh, yeah, it is. <laughs> like, Netflix took the hockey? one good thing off CBC. Like, you can't stream hockey. You can. But, like, it. for free, like, elsewhere.
1: No. Oh. Sportsnet makes you pay. TSN makes you pay. See, I'm not paying for cable, once
0: again, streaming. Like, yes. it's just...
1: But Rebecca. I'm like, okay, I'll do Netflix, i do Amazon Prime, and I'll probably do Nickelodeon. Because Nickelodeon has one that they just launched. But it has The Blaze and the Monster Machine, the other, like, kid shows that I can't get through Netflix that right. my kids like. Or right. Amazon Prime. Um, I won't probably get Crave for a while because they don't have any kids programming. Not anything good anyway. Yeah. I dropped
0: Crave this year. Mm-hmm.
1: Wasn't worth it. Um, because it's expensive. Yeah. And then, like, if you want H- uh, HBO, it's double that. Yeah. So it's, like, 40 bucks a month.
0: Yeah. It's, like, it's expensive for the shit shows, and it's ridiculously expensive for the decent shows.
1: Yeah. So I was like, well, I, 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 I like it. to
0: watch John Oliver,
1: but I'll just wait three months and then watch it on...
0: I'll just fucking pirate it off of the website that I've been using for 20 years. Yeah. 10 years now. <laughs>
1: so, I don't know. I... I, I it's funny because like I was like, oh, we'll just cancel. And Dan's like, what are we going to cancel? Because I don't want to spend $100 a month. And the fact that our satellite's been broken for uh, a month and we have not even noticed. Right. Because the kids watch Netflix. Um, we watch Netflix or Amazon Prime. Right. I cannot wait to sit down and watch the Grand Tour. They've done a boat Yes. A spinoff with boats, and I cannot wait to watch that. Like, I am just like, come on. That's just
0: out now, I thought. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Because I want to see these assholes on boats. I just want to see these assholes on water. Someone's going to get wet. Yes. Sadly. <laughs> <laughs> this is why I watch. I have watched three friends who are as petty with each other as you and I would be if they gave us this sort of platform. Yeah. Fair. Be like oh I'm sorry you're sinking I'm not helping you
0: <laughs> sucks to be you see you on land exactly Bye, bitch.
1: ah <laughs> uh, onto the more serious entertainment notes our Kelly is finally in the hot seat this year when
0: I'm, Lifetime I'm not feeling you up you have cheese on your <laughs>
1: where did that come no from
0: I don't know it's leftover from dinner that's something that happens to me when it gets caught in my hair but you don't have that no more cheese. Good lord. Like one of my children. Tell me about R Kelly. <laughs>
1: <laughs> ah R Kelly's finally in the hot seat this year when Lifetime showed the documentary surviving R. Kelly. Was
0: that just this year?
1: Yes, the documentary series focused on Kelly's abuse, pedophilia, and predatory behavior towards women. This is not to the close to the first time such allegations have been launched against the singer. Nope. But it finally sparked some action. Uh, at first, uh, people seemingly defended him, with Spotify seeing his streaming numbers climb. Ew. Uh, before being removed from the service in May, currently he's awaiting trial in New York and Illinois, with Fred with new federal charges just being um, launched against him this week. As I wrote the story, oh. um, to his related to his short marriage to the late. Uh, singer Alaya Alain, Alaya Alia. Alaya 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 thank you
0: I oh my had. god our brains you, no it's not our brains it's you and your refusal to listen to pop music throughout the 90s I love I did listen to pop music and you are all about the
1: grunge I was but I loved her oh <laughs> uh, I was very sad Didn't when she died oh, okay <laughs> <laughs> uh, let's not forget he married her when she was only 15 years old he produced her her first album and now again when you listen to age is nothing but a number you're gonna be skis the
0: fuck out also you can't listen to her album without putting royalty It's true so enjoy that little listen to, little to her girl. second album i don't think he was involved
1: uh because that marriage was quickly annulled. now i love that he is saying that he thought she was 18 yet he
0: produced her album she, he would have damn well known how old she was sure and all the girls he picked up after school and high school was walking home. He thought they were all 18, too, I'm sure. I was reading
1: an interesting um, article on the author who... The, the reporter who has sort of, like, always been reporting on yep. him. Um, and he's like, you know, some people see it because he's white. And he's like, he first got the first tip about R. Kelly via fax. This was how <laughs> long ago. And he sort of dismissed it, and then he heard more stories and more stories, and then he started doing the research on it, and, uh, you know, has been publishing articles about this, and he's like, it has nothing to do... At first, it was like, you know, not R. Kelly was a criminal, it's uh, like, but he needs help. Our friend needs help. Right. He needs help. He needs help with his issues. Yeah. Um, He needs help right into the clink. Exactly. Um, He's a pedophilic. He likes young girls
0: as the documentary points out, his entire network around him were pimping for him and finding him, these young women. Yeah. They all belong in jail with him. Oh, I know. (laughs) Um, So that's an
1: interesting read on him. He's like, you know, it doesn't have anything to do with race. No. This this guy needs to
0: stop. Yeah. And someone needs to stop him. And like, it could be like fucking powder in terms of whiteness and I would still be like, so here's the bonfire. Step on up. (laughs) And I mean like this guy this journalist has gotten death threats. They've threatened his family. Well that's what people do whenever you come close to touching one of their favorites, right? Like yeah. no one has any sense of like you don't actually know this person, this person's doing bad. Calm the fuck down. Yeah. So now you can't just enjoy, because like, you a song. like
1: <laughs> No, and I'm I like Yeah, I can't I now feel gross every time I thought about how much I enjoyed uh Remix to Ignition. Back in the club <laughs> in the 90s. I want to shower. Oh, don't
0: worry. You can just listen to... No. 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 I'm like going through my head of like questionable songs. Long
1: song, song. I don't think he's done anything particularly bad other than... The that song that... itself
0: is I was going to say, except bad. for the song. But he didn't like touch young children. 50 Cent. Not touching small children by any means. Don't. Please come after me. But not the best person. He's pretty petty. Oh, he's now. Petty as fuck. Also, a serious criminal record. There was a lot of questionable acts come out of the 2000s. Yes. Again, Martha Stewart has
1: more done more hard time than most of them though. True, sure. true, true. Ah, so let's keep on the scandal, the college admission scandal. Right. Uh, rich people paying money to cheat the system and get their kids into college, or as my father said this week, how colleges are run in the U.S. <laughs> yeah. He's like, I don't get it. If they stop doing this, colleges no, won't make be, any money. They'll be there.
0: Uh, I got a news alert from TMZ when that happened. It's like, Felicity Huffman and Lori Loughlin arrested in, by FBI and college scandal. And I was like, oh, TMZ's playing Mad Libs today. Okay. <laughs> like, All right. We'll roll with it.
1: And Becky and her husband are pleading not guilty and rolling the dice. Yeah. I I hope they come across more sympathetic than their daughter. The desperate housewife pleaded out and did some time. By that, I mean 11 days and some community service. 11 days of a 14-day sentence. I know. (laughs) Jesus. And community service. I do feel bad for her daughter, as she had no actual idea that she didn't get in on her own.
0: Oh, that's going to be one awkward-ass Christmas season. Like, I kind of, like, she only got 11
1: days, but I kind of think... Her daughter, like the relationship between her and her daughter, is going to be
0: fucked up. Mommy loves you, sweetie, but she thinks you're a dummy.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Like that is just so messed up that maybe she's
0: paying for this poor choice in different ways. Yeah. Like, sorry, this was a case of white on crime, white crime. Let's be honest. Yeah. Uh, Although a whole lot of like, there might have been one minority that might not have gotten the spot, but odds are it would have gone to another rich white person regardless. So. I don't have a lot of sympathy.
1: <laughs> no, and, like, I feel, like, more, I think, um, Aunt Becky, as kids who, like, scammed to go on the crew team, like, there probably was some actual athlete out there who needed that scholarship. Right. Again. Also, his name was probably Chad, so. <laughs> true. Because <laughs> it's crew team. Chad Benef- third, the third. like. <laughs> um, but again, why not just donate enough money for a new library like other rich people? Because it's not, like... Like, granted, Aunt Becky's career wasn't that great, but her husband is
0: fucking rich. Got that Target money. It's coming in.
1: So, um, or in the case of, you know, Aunt Becky's kid, she has zero interest. Why make her go to college at all? She didn't even
0: want to go. She She, she, was there for the party.
1: Yeah, she did not want to just
0: get her a a place close to the university and she could have... Because, let's face facts, this girl's never going to actually need nor use an education. No! So... Why even make her go? Yeah. <sighs> but I would have appreciated the Film F. Muffman library. <laughs> <laughs> Which is the Stephen Colbert name for that couple.
1: <laughs> so, we've lost the following... Some of the following stars. Well, we've lost all of these people.
0: Some of them are back, you know. Got awkward there for a bit buried the
1: alive. These are just not every star that died. Right. Um, so we have Luke Perry, who died following a stroke. Um, at all the young age of 52, mm-hmm. he was just experiencing a resurgence in his career with uh, Riverdale and the reboot, relaunch, rething nine oh two of 90210. I don't even know what you call it. I'm not even entirely
0: clear of what it was. Uh, yeah. That experimentary. Documentary,
1: maybe. I don't know. Uh, rapper Nipsey Hussle was murdered in broad daylight outside his Marathon Clothing store in the Hyde Park section of Los Angeles on March 31st. He was 33. The uh, the rapper's murder caused an outpouring of support for his family and two young children. Other souls we lost this year were Christoph St. John, a regular on the soap opera *Young and the Restless*, who died due to heart failure at age 52.
0: Was the heart failure or suicide? I'm not.
1: Some said suicide, some said heart failure. Okay. He was in a really bad way since his yeah. son's death. Yeah. His son's suicide. Um, he also had a drinking problem, hmm. I believe. A legendary director, John Singleton, died at 51 after a stroke. And sadly, that family is gearing up to for a big battle over his $50 million estate.
0: Bad year for strokes. Yes. Totally. And people
1: in their 52s. <clears throat> Luke Perry, 52. Christoph St. John, 52. John Singleton, 51. Oof. Peter Fonda passed away at 79. Tony Morrison at 88. Rip Thorne, uh, M.I.B. Uh, 80- uh,
0: 30 Rock.
1: <laughs> Is he on 30 Rock? I, I think of him as Zed from. Yes. Uh, he played Don Geist on 30 Rock, Alec Baldwin's mentor. He was 88. Gloria Vanderbilt was
0: 98. It's a good long life right there. Mm-hmm. Grumpy Cat. That hit me hard. Age seven. Tartar Sauce was his yeah. name. Her name. Her name. Yeah. Tartar Sauce. We miss you. Also, little bub died this year. Rough year for Instagram cats.
1: <laughs> Doris Day at 97. Doris
0: Day was still alive. Yes. A, how did I miss that? And B, how did I miss that she died? <laughs> she was 97. 97.
1: Uh, Peter Mayhew who played Chewbacca he was 74 I would do a Chewbacca call but I've never been able to I know I'm not either I can't (laughs) either Keith Flint uh, the lead singer from Prodigy at 49 Carl Lagerfeld at 85 Carol Spinney at Big Bird at 85 that hit me hard this month December Mm -hmm. Stephen Moore author at 81 and Albert Finney at 82 just to name a few
0: Yes. Rough year. Not the worst we've had in recent memory. No? 2016 was a shit year all around, but especially in the celebrity deaths. Oh, yeah. There was a lot of celebrity deaths. Um, and
1: that's just a sample. That's people that, like, we would have both known. There's a lot of people in there that I either didn't know or had to look up. Um, celebrity weddings. Now we're getting into our favorite. <laughs> Mockery. <laughs> weddings and divorces. Yes. So, Leah Waith and Alana Mayo on November 15th. They tied the knot.
0: I don't know who either of those people are. Are they the Hallmark Channel commercial ladies? No. Okay, then I don't know who they are. But they are a lesbian couple. Well, power to you, ladies. Uh, Flea. No, but seriously, who are they? <laughs> um, She. See, you don't even know. Yeah, I can't remember. These could literally be just, like, two people you've made up <laughs> <laughs> I can't remember who she is right now. I've been put on the spot. All right, flea. Flea got married. Who did Flea marry?
1: Melody, and I can't pronounce her last name. But Flea was from Flea's from Red
0: Hot Chili Peppers. They flea, got I knew. Yeah, October. Sadly, from The Simpsons, not actually The Red Hot Chili Peppers, but that's okay.
1: Nikki Minaj and Kenneth Zo Petty, October
0: fifteenth. She's now retired to be a wife or something. The read has a lot to say about this, so just go back and listen to the read, but he is apparently extremely problematic and not a good thing. <laughs> also, she's not really retired, obviously. Yeah, no. uh,
1: I think I only knew about that because I was listening to that one read episode, you were like, you have got to listen to this because I was making fun of- Oh yeah, it
0: was the T.I. Yes. Yeah.
1: Um, T.I. of it all. <laughs> that I could have covered, but that's a whole <gasps> Michigan in itself. I mean, if we covered it, I wouldn't need this blanket. I would get really worked up. <laughs> yeah, I know. Fucking douche. Uh, Jennifer Lawrence and Cook Mahoney, October 19th. Guests, he's some art dealer. His parents should be ashamed. <laughs> yeah. Uh, guests included this mixed bag of uh, <laughs> Chris Jenner, Adele, uh, Cameron Diaz, Nicole Ritchie, Emma Stone, Ashley Olson, and Sienna Miller. Aren't Cameron Diaz and Nicole Ritchie related by marriage somehow? Like to the same dude? Uh, no, Nicole Richie used to be married to one of the guys from um, Emo Dude. Yeah, uh, Good Charlotte. And uh, Cameron Diaz is re- is married to his twin brother. Got it. See, I knew there was something there.
0: Yeah. But yes, that is, again, celebrity ad lib for invitations. Mad libs. Uh, Hillary Burton and Jeffrey Dean
1: Morgan got married on October fi- uh, 5th. 5th. <sighs> Ellie Goldring married Casper. <laughs> I sent you the wedding dress. Jaloping? In what I'm going to say is the mo- most off-putting wedding dress that I have ever seen.
0: Okay. I was in a depression bubble that day, so I didn't look at it. Ellie Goulding? Yeah, she like... Okay. The singer. Yes, yeah, Dave Harry. Yeah.
1: Um, She wear Like, the wedding dress... It's not ugly, per se, but it looks like she When you have to say
0: it's not ugly, per
1: se, it's ugly. It's questionable. Uh, It looks like she's cosplaying the ghost of a Victorian bride. (laughs) And let's just say that the Duggars would have died for a dress that covered that much skin. (laughs) Like, it went down to here, had a a ruffled cuff up around her neck, and went all the way down to the ground. Ew. Like... Like, there was no skin... Mm. Granted, that was one of four wedding dresses, apparently, she had. Oh, wow. But that's the one that she got, like, actually married in.
0: I mean, if it's a challenge to try to drive the guy off, maybe that's what she was going for, and it didn't work. It was like... So he loves her?
1: Chloe, the fashion house custom design? Well, they should be ashamed of themselves. (laughs) It was really ugly. Again... I'm sure that if the Duggars saw those pictures, they'd be like, how do
0: I get this? Where's the butter brick pattern, y'all? We need to make one for ourselves.
1: Uh, Dwayne The Rock Johnson uh, married his longtime girlfriend Lauren
0: Hestain in August. At that point, they've been together so long, it doesn't really count.
1: But they had like uh, the cutest looking ceremony
0: in Hawaii. Um,
1: Catherine McPhee and David Foster, June 28th. Great buckets. Ew. Uh, Chris Pratt and Katherine Schwarzenegger in June. Too soon after Anna Ferris, but that's just my opinion. Uh, Joe Jonas and Sophia Turner, May 1st. Jude Law and Philippa Coney. Better watch the nannies. May 1st. The one that we cried
0: over most. Is last year's. Yeah. Yeah, I seem to have blocked this out. (laughs) I choose to not accept it as reality. He's still out and about, but loose and fancy free. (laughs) Although he's in cats, so. (laughs) That'll that'll kill a girls wide on in a big ol' hurry.
1: (laughs) Such an abomination! (laughs) Nicholas Cage and Erica
0: Klinsky? Oh. Not a lady of Asian descent from the name, I'm assuming. That's a, a stretch for him. They got married March 23rd.
1: Remember this, it comes up again. Chance the Rapper. <laughs> okay. <laughs> married his partner March 9th. Leah Michelle and Zandi Reich got married March 9th. And Ryan Murphy officiated the wedding.
0: I'm happy for her, but like part of me wants to say Leah Michelle should always just like pine away for Corey Monteith. But that's not healthy. No, I know that. I'm just saying. Part of me. Not the whole part of me. Just the terrible part. So celebrity
1: divorces or uh, splits. So William and Elizabeth Shatner split up after 18 years of marriage this year. At that point, you're so
0: close to death. Why go through all the paperwork?
1: And I know you're going to be shocked by the next one. But Janelle Evans
0: <gasps> and David Ensign. Teen mom Janelle split after two years of marriage. I was just talking to my manicurist about this today because we were talking about and like we were reminiscing of like our favorite scene involving her. She had to go to court to get her son back and she couldn't because she had Kesha tickets. And so she was like trying to explain to her lawyer like, but it's Kesha. And he's like, if you want your son back, you have to go to court. But I paid to have feathers put in my hair. I have to go see Kesha. (laughs) That should tell you all you need to know about Janelle Evans and her like lifelong mess. (laughs) She did have custody of two of her children.
1: Yeah, but not the first one. <laughs> I think she had custody of the first one back again. Um, and then she lost them. And that's sort of one of the reasons they split up, I think.
0: Well, because this also, guy's a
1: disaster.
0: Teams the dummy had like an MTV camera in her car, got into a road rage incident with her kids in the back seat and pulled a gun out of the center console and got out. Uh, her soon-to-be ex-husband shot their dog. That's what get them
1: Got, that's what got them kicked off of MTV, MTV right? Yeah. yes. So she's filed for divorce and
0: wants to get back on MTV. And isn't she back with like the guy? I I didn't. That's what her. my manicurist was saying. Is she's back with the the guy after the first son's dad? Like he was like a real bad scumbag. I can picture him in my head. He's exactly what you think he looks like. Oh yeah, her second son's
1: dad. Didn't they get yes. together? Yes. yes. Yeah. Okay. Him. Yeah.
0: All of these, like, readers like, I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> or they're all like, mm hmm, yep. <laughs> it's one or the other. I literally put that one in there just for you. Okay, good, because you know I love me the train wrap TVs. I know.
1: <laughs> uh, Christina Hendricks and uh, Jeffrey Arnand after 10 years of marriage. Which, I mean, he was swinging really out of his
0: league on that one.
1: <laughs> was he ever? <laughs> uh, Tom and Jennifer DeLong after 18 years of marriage. Blink 182. Okay. Former Blink 182. Thank you. Now for has saying that That um, company that do, does UFO research. Yes. I yeah. remember you saying that one show. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Sarah and Todd Palin after 31 years of marriage. Jesus didn't keep them together. Todd filed citing. My wife's a crazy bitch. (laughs) Incompatibility of temperance between the parties such that they find it impossible to live together as husband and wife. (laughs) Your Honor, look at her. (laughs) Just listen. (laughs) Katie Holmes and Jamie Foxx after what we think is six years of dating. Yeah, I don't think they ever actually officially confirmed that. No. Liam Hemsworth and Miley Cyrus after eight ish months of marriage but they had broken up before they got back together and got married so yeah just... uh, and miley may have dated and split up with the next wife brody jenner and his wife caitlin carter after one year of maybe being legally married in the u.s they split up then her and miley got together and then split up
0: that's too much <laughs> i can't do the math on that one yeah I need, like, red string and a bunch of photos and a blank board and some cigarettes. Well, Liam and Miley put out the announcement that they were splitting up. And, like, two
1: hours later, there was a picture of Miley making out with Caitlyn. Like, almost that close. Caitlyn who? Carter? She was married to
0: Brody Jenner. okay. You said Caitlyn, and I knew there's a Jenner involved. I'm like, this is a whole new story if we're talking Caitlyn Jenner. And I really need no. us to go back to the beginning. <laughs> Because no. I got lost real fast. Sorry. Brody Jenner
1: and Caitlyn Carter got married, quote unquote, in some country last year for a destination wedding. But they may not have actually done it legally in the United States. Uh, so there's a, like, did they just split up? Or are they getting divorced? Do they really need to get divorced? Got there's it. a whole lot of layers of this story. Bradley Cooper and his... Uh,
0: Partner of four years, they have a daughter together, they split up. He's on the loose. What are we doing sitting here, Andy? Get me my big butterfly net. <laughs> I've got things to do. <laughs>
1: He's not in my wheelhouse. Oh boy. Um, Adele and her husband Simon after seven years, two of which
0: they were married. Mm-hmm. So you which, know which there's apparently an album coming out in the next couple of months. And this is a terrible thing to say. I'm assuming it's going to be really good. It's always really good with her, but I'm assuming it's going
1: to be amazing. amazing. <laughs> uh, Anna Camp and Skylar Austin after two
0: years of marriage—that was rough. Yeah, that hurt even me and my like dead soul. I was like, if these kids can't make it, who can? Wendy Williams
1: and Kevin Hunter after two decades of marriage and it's getting ugly again.
0: The read has been following this, and it's hilarious. The Reed has their their merch that says uh, Break Up With Him, Wendy Williams was spotted wearing that merch, and then they came out with new merch that said Broke Up With Him, and she came out wearing the Broke Out With Him (laughs) t-shirt.
1: I kind of thought for a long time that she was...
0: A gentleman dressed as a lady? (laughs) Yes. I think that was a rumor going around for a very long time. (laughs) And it's not that I heard it, it just she's a handsome woman. Yes. Yeah. But not like B. Arthur handsome. Handsome in another way. Um Nicholas Cage. <laughs> Color me shocked. Nick Cage isn't stable. Submitted for an <laughs> annulment just 4 days after marriage. <laughs> Peak Cage. This is going to go on a list of like shortest marriages. Yeah. I'm sure he's already on that list at least once. but No, I
1: don't think he was, because I did the shortest marriages when we did right. Celebrity Gossip, Last Friends. Right, right, right. Chloe uh, Kardashian and Kristen Thompson after too many scandals.
0: That girl keeps going on Red Table Talks, still talking about it, and I'm just like, you need to stop. Like, you got your baby that you really wanted. No, no, the, the girl he's accusing. you oh, of. Oh, yeah. Because she's friends with the Pinkett Smiths, so she keeps going on Jada Pinkett mm. Smith's show. But I'm like you've won? It's like the whole Kate-John Goslin thing. Like, they broke up and he won because she looked insane. But then he started talking and kept talking, and everyone was like, oh, we see what this really was. And then she ended up winning the divorce. This is where this girl is headed. Like, yeah. you've won. You can now only lose if you continue to speak. <laughs> and, <laughs> and she was like, Kylie's
1: or Kendall's best friend? Uh, the younger Jordan. one. Yeah, that's her name, Jordan. <sighs> Jeff and Mackenzie Ben Benzo? Is that how you pronounce it?
0: Bezos. Bezos. The Amazon.
1: Yes. Oh, that is the best petty divorce story. Do you talk uh, about the petty divorce story? No, I just said after 25 years of marriage and a hell of a lot of
0: money. So she got half of it cuz Damn straight. They were married for a very long time and 25 years while he was building Amazon. So she got half of it, which was several billion dollars. She then proceeded to give away all of it. I think she held back like one billion for herself and then gave away the other like 20 some odd billion she got in the divorce. And that is the best petty, petty bitch move I've ever seen in my life. And I hope someday to be in that position. <laughs> um,
1: who is it? I think it was Morbid did this story on this woman who killed her, who had her sons kill her father. Okay. He was a millionaire. Because she was like he, he was extremely frugal. Like, this is a man who was worth millions and millions and millions of dollars back in the day, and his briefcase was an old beer case. Oh, yeah.
0: Um, and that's why we drink just did this. Oh, that's the American... Okay.
1: Yeah. I couldn't remember if it was morbid or that's why we drink. Yeah. And that's what sort of, like, that mom inherited
0: all the money yeah. and then spent it all. Yes. Admittedly, I was driving through really bad traffic while listening to it, but I understood that that was just because she was um, bad at managing money. <laughs> it was also like she'd never been able to spend it, so
1: she's sure, sure. like, I'm going to spend every cent oh, of I'm this. On this one. Yeah. I'm going to have all these fur coats, and I'm going to have to do... Uh, la, 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 la. So this.
0: Yeah. But then what was left? She left to the daughter who killed her yeah. father. <laughs> Boy. I'd still take a lot of money, even if it came with all the problems. <laughs> I take it. And that's entertainment for the year. Yay! Trying to think. I've been so out of the loop I can't think of anything I would add. Like, I'm sure there's lots I didn't
1: cover because I was again trying to whittle it down. Four pages. Yeah.
0: (laughs) Somebody didn't get the memo.
1: (laughs) Actually, it was me sent you all the topics and you're like, this seems like a lot.
0: Well, yeah, but like I didn't know you were gonna go four pages on her. (laughs) Okay, next up, law and crime. So you might remember last year's law and crime. Uh, Last year's law and crime was all shitty, trashy men. I don't think it's that bad this year. I don't think it's all that great. We do talk about a couple of trashy, shitty men. But But let's start with some good, quick news. First of all, gay marriage was legalized in both Australia and Ecuador this year. Congratulations. Abortion was legalized in Ireland, which as a staunch catholic country props that was rough and botswana decriminalized homosexuality i mean there's a very long gap between decriminalization and not getting beaten up for loving who you love but like it's a start start. yeah it's a step in the right sort of direction and uh yeah that's it (laughs) that's the good news (laughs) from the law slash crime of it all so let's go on to just two of the big stories of this year Uh, Sadly, we have to talk about the Christchurch mosque shooting. Again, that happened this year. It seems like ages ago, but it was this year. During Friday prayer on the 15th of March, a gunman opened fire at the Al Noor Mosque in the suburb of Rickerton at at 1.40 p.m. He then moved over to the Linwood Islamic Center at about 1.55 p.m. The first attack was live streamed on Facebook. As if this world wasn't terrible enough. 51 people were killed and 49 injured between both locations. Between the first call to police and the arrest of the suspect alive, which we usually don't see in these situations, so props to the police on that one, Uh, but between that call to the police and the arrest, there were only 21 minutes. So good response time, 51 people dead though, in 21 minutes. Because the shooter wasn't trying to hide his actions, see the Facebook of it all, he was apprehended. Uh, and charged with 51 murders, 40 attempted murders, and engaging in a terrorist act. He's pled not guilty, and his trial is expected to start in June 2020. There's no doubt about it that this was a racially motivated attack and part of the rise of the alt right movement that we're seeing across the world. I'm wondering how you're going to say not guilty to that, but anyway. I'm pretty sure it hinges on insanity. So, I mean, yeah, you put it on Facebook. <laughs> There's no doubt. You done did it. Uh, Jacinda Ardern, uh, in response, was not fucking around. She, like, put on her big girl panties and went to work that day. And she worked hard. She characterized the shootings as, quote, an act of extreme and unprecedented violence on one of New Zealand's darkest days. She called it for what it was from the first, and that was a terrorist attack. A Royal Commission was formed as part of an inquiry into the attack. And Ardern then went on full Australia on the situation. So the last mass shooting in Australia was in 1996, at which point the Prime Minister then cracked down on gun ownership, which A, worked, and B, cost him his political career. However, there hasn't been a mass shooting in Australia since 1996. Shortly after the shooting, Adern vowed, quote, our gun laws will change. Now is the time. People will be seeking change, and I am committed to that. There have been attempts to change our laws in 2005, 2012, and after an inquiry in 2017 Now is the time for change So by March 21st A ban on semi-automatic weapons Was announced and it became law on April 10th So less than a month after the shooting That's pretty That's impressive.
1: big girl panties
0: Yep Those in possession of semi-automatic firearms uh, Had a grace period to turn them in to the police Along with their ammo And there was a trade-in plan in place So We'll have to see what the long term Repercussions are, but if Australia is any indication, when governments do this, it works. Looking at you, America. (laughs) (laughs) Speaking of which, on to the ray of hope in the world of crime slash legal news, and that's the impeachment of President Trash Monster. So over this. (laughs) Allie messaged me yesterday, just like the peach emojis, and I'm like, Are you drunk? What is happening? She's like, It happened. He got impeached. I'm like, Depression bubble today. I didn't even notice. I can't even enjoy it. It's a rough month for me. But just the lower house has to go, and they control the upper house. I'll get to it. Sorry. So this info that I'm about to give you comes from the website Tracking the United States Congress, which is an unaffiliated group that reports on Congress's businesses, business, so it's not a Republican or Democratic site, and my memory of Barbara Ranofsky's A Citizen's Guide to Impeachment, which I read and I highly recommend. It's a very short, condensed history of impeachments in the U.S., not just presidential, but um, judicial. And there hasn't been a whole lot of them. No. And also the theory and the legal scholars' thoughts behind it. So it's a really good read. So, the U.S. Constitution was written in response to what the framers viewed as tyranny and abuse of power. They wanted to be sure that a head of state could be removed from power without going to a war, as they had just done with the Brits. In the Constitution, they laid out very broad grounds for removing a head of state, that is to say the president, from power. And those grounds are, quote, treason, bribery, or other high crimes and misdemeanors. And it's the high crimes and misdemeanors that often legal experts will wrangle over because it doesn't say very much. It could be a lot and it could be nothing. The House of Representatives is responsible for investigating and bringing charges against a president, and then they make their case to the Senate, which votes to either remove the president from office or not. So as soon as he took his oath of office, Trump was eligible for impeachment on the grounds of the Emoluments Clause, which says that you can't take money or goods from a foreign power while you're in office, but he didn't divest himself from the Trump enterprises, which was doing business with foreign governments, so as soon as he said, I swear, he was breaking his constitutional oath. Uh, Impeachment however is a long, hard, and politically expensive process, and by that I mean once you do it you burn up a lot of your goodwill with others, so it's not a popular move. And in the increasingly polarized climate, the Democrats who called for impeachment very early on were dismissed as kooks and cranks. Because people were bringing articles of impeachment against this guy like that. Like, it happened really quickly. So remember, the House of Representatives is responsible for investigating and laying impeachment charges. And until the 2018 midterm elections, the House was held by Republicans. So all these people from the Democrats bringing these articles of impeachment were dismissed and they weren't getting votes. However, after the midterms, the world waited with bated breath to see how long things would take to shake out. Because we all had an idea where this was headed. A redacted version of the Mueller report was released in April of this year, and the report summarized the findings of the Department of Justice's two-year investigation into the involvement of Russia in the 2016 election, and was pretty clear. They found that Russia did in fact meddle with the election, and Trump and his team were, while not active, then certainly complicit in negligence in allowing it to happen on their behalf. The report never accused Trump directly because, from Mueller's perspective, it was unfair to accuse someone who couldn't defend themselves in a court of law. And the president has uh, executive privilege, so can't be uh, sued. Uh, But the report didn't clear him either, no matter what he's trying to tell you on Twitter. So, bam, we thought this was it. We thought this was the high crimes and misdemeanors and the bribery and the corruption. But no, 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 no. Cut to August when a whistleblower from the intelligence community raised a flag over a phone call between Trump and Ukrainian president Vladimir Zelensky. In that call, Trump repeatedly asked the Ukrainian president to investigate Joe Biden, who, don't ask me why, is currently leading the Democratic Party's nomination uh, race. In exchange, Trump offers to host Zelensky at the White House several times and releases some funding and release some funding that had been held back to help the Ukrainian military. The call also seemed to suggest that the U.S. ambassador to the Ukraine had been pulled as part of a quid pro quo set up because she was adamant that the Ukraine investigate corruption in its state prosecutor's office. So the whole, I've done this for you. So you should probably investigate Joe Biden. And if you investigate Joe Biden, we'll give you the money for your big fancy bombs. The whistleblower's complaint indicated that everyone who heard the call knew it was way over the fucking line and worked to hide its existence. Suspiciously, Specific, specifically don't worry i <laughs> specifically by dumping it the record of this call into a code word classified server which is like using a fucking like ak47 for a mosquito in terms of proportionate response so on september 5th the washington post was the first news organization to come out with a story that suggested a tie between the funding to the ukraine and the desired investigation of the bidens By September 21st, parts of the whistleblower's complaint had been leaked, and by the 24th, Speaker of the House of Representatives Nancy Pelosi announced they were opening an impeachment investigation. The White House quickly made it clear that they would not be participating slash facilitating that investigation, and they ordered government employees not to comply with subpoenas issued by the various committees of the House that were leading the investigation. Fun fact, that's called obstruction of justice. You don't get to ignore subpoenas, no matter who you are. Throughout November, a whole slew of key players from the Ukrainian call/slash situation did testify to Congress about what they saw and knew. And remember, I prepped the story on December 13th. The House Committee on the Judiciary, which is overseeing the main investigative activity, prepared and sent to the floor for House resol- er, prepared and sent to the floor for vote House Resolution 755, impeaching Donald John Trump, President of the United States, for high crimes and misdemeanors. So they've only filed two charges. That's the abuse of power and obstruction of Congress. And I've heard some pundits say that they wanted to only put forward the most obvious and most simple charges so that even, like, President Trash Monster can't, like, wiggle his way out of it. Like, no, no, no. You've, like, gone out in public and said these things. We have receipts. So for the abuse of power charge, it says, quote... Using the powers of his eye office Trump solicited interference of a foreign government, Ukraine, in the 2020 United States election, presidential election. He did th- so through a scheme or course of conduct that included soliciting the government of Ukraine to publicly announce investigations that would benefit his re-election, harm the election prospects of a political opponent, and influence the election to his advantage. In so doing, Trump used the power of the presidency in a manner that compromised the national security of the United States and undermined the integrity of the U.S. democratic process. Thus, he ignored and injured the interest of the nation. Pretty clear. Point A to point B on that call transcript. Yep. We got it. For the obstruction of jo- of Congress. Even easier to prove. You just have to go to Fox News' tape inventory. <laughs> it's all there. Trump has directed the unprecedented, categorical, and indiscriminate defiance of subpoenas issued by the House of Representatives pursuant to its sole power of impeachment. Trump directed executive branch agencies, offices, and officials not to comply with those subpoenas. Trump thus interposed the powers of the presidency against the lawful subpoenas of the House of Representatives and assumed to himself functions and judgments necessary to the exercise exercise of the sole power of impeachment vested by the Constitution in the House of Representatives. So the final body blow of the articles of impeachment document that was voted on um, just yesterday from when we're recording this because technically he got impeached, which is lovely. Not the end of the story, but he is still. So the last paragraphs say, quote, in all of this, Trump has acted in a manner contrary to his trust as president and subversive uh, to constitutional government to the great prejudice of the case of the cause of law and justice and to the manifest injury of the people of the United States. Wherefore, Trump by such conduct has demonstrated that he will remain a threat to the Constitution if allowed to remain in office, and has acted in a manner grossly incompatible with self-governance and the rule of law. Trump thus warrants impeachment and trial, removal from office, and disqualification to hold and enjoy any office of honor, trust, or profit under the United States." You know that's gonna set him off. And it did! (laughs) I think he tweeted like 100 times today. So, (laughs) As you said, this isn't the end of the road Up next in the process um, So the vote on the impeachment happened Uh, It then goes to the Senate for an actual trial It's not a criminal trial, however So the Senate gets to set the standards for evidence and grounds for guilt or dismissal Which can either work in or against In favor of or against The Senate, which has a rager-thin majority of Republicans, so 53 of 100 seats, uh, and there are two independents, one of whom is Bernie Sanders, so we know how he's going to (laughs) vote. They'll then vote on each article of impeachment separately, and a two-thirds majority is required to convict, uh, which the conviction is what leads to their removal from office. Thirteen Republicans will have to break ranks, so that's not going to happen. Or 11 if both independents vote with the Democrats. And that's assuming that all Dems support the Articles of Impeachment, but as we saw in last night's vote, that Tulsi Gabbard crazy lady didn't vote yes or no, she voted present. Which to me is like the Ralph Wiggum of it all, (laughs) like, I'm here, like, (laughs) do your fucking job, pick a side. Uh, of course, it's likely that any result that Trump doesn't like will be appealed, and given how he's been stacking the courts, we should all be very nervous. Uh, however, in the handful of cases where impeachments have occurred, courts are usually deferential to the Congress and don't like to reverse. Yeah. But we are living in the upside down right now, so who knows what could happen. That's true. Trump could eat a corgi, and look where it will be. <laughs> the polarized nature of U.S. politics... We're and- corgis in your world. <laughs> at the sizzler on the buffet line. (laughs) Uh, The polarized nature of US politics makes this less than a slam dunk even based on really clear evidence that we have. Mitch McConnell, the head of the Senate, did an interview shortly after the articles of impeachment were announced saying that he would vote against them. So he's not even pretending to do his job. So that's a great start. If the universe were fair, Trump would just pull a Nixon and quit before it came to trial, but I don't think he's that kind of guy and we're all in for a very bumpy ride. Yeah, they keep... um...
1: Uh, saying that it's, like, the witch, the Salem witch trials and stuff, and I'm like, oh, <laughs>
0: My mom even rolled her eyes so hard that, like, it hurt. I think it was the government of Massachusetts the first time this came up, went on Twitter, and was just like, guy, come on. <laughs> I like, think it's really not. <laughs> not even close. <laughs> um, so they've been do- covering
1: it a lot on, like, The National and stuff like that. Yeah. Which, except my parents are here, so there's a lot more news on in my house yeah. than normal. Um and it's not that I don't like news, it's just, it's not, like, if I have an hour or a half hour after the kids go to bed, yeah. news is just not what I'm... Yeah. I, I want to watch something funny.
0: Yeah. Well, for sure. I get
1: it. I want to watch, I want to get high and watch <laughs> something hilarious. <laughs> um, And it's funny, because, like, with the last contract, because before I would, like, read a lot of the news online, the last... Two, three months, I've hardly read any. Yeah. And yeah. it's not that, it's just I haven't had time and I'm trying to do other things, but it's funny because I haven't, I didn't have a whole lot of downtime like at our you know, old job yeah. where there's downtime when you, because yeah. you knew what you were doing and yeah, I haven't been reading a lot of the news. So it's like, huh. Yeah. But um, it's funny because they've done a lot of polls and there's a lot of impeachment fatigue in the States. Yes, there always is. Yeah. yeah there always. It's just this process has been going on for so long, everybody's just like, yeah, we thought
0: Mueller, Mueller was going to bring it, yeah, and it was going to be done there, but it took threatening Joe Biden's son of all people to be like, no, no, you've crossed the line. So
1: we live in Canada, and lots of stuff happened in Canada this year, and here's a few. <laughs> I'm like, what? <laughs> what happened? Elections. Yes. So many elections. We had four provincial slash territorial elections. Actually, we had five, sorry. Okay. We had four provincial and one territory um, and one federal election, which made this year, well, a little election heavy. Yes. Uh, And the year was full of scandals for the governing liberals, but the other parties were unable to really capitalize on it, leading to a majority government. The Conservative Party, at the time when I wrote this, was led by Andrew Scheer, (laughs) won 121 seats and remained the official opposition. The Bloc Québécois under, uh... God, what is his name? Where? Yves-François Blanchette. Thank you. It's the Frenchest name I think I've read all day. Uh, won 32 seats to remain the uh, remain official party status and become the third party for the first time since 2008. Hmm. The New Democrat part, new Democratic Party, led by Jadmeet Singh, won 24 seats, which is its first... Worst result since 2004.
0: Yeah, they've been on a slide. Yeah.
1: What is it? To quote um, one of the people from my political podcast that I listen to, uh, the NDP doesn't have buyer's remorse, they have seller's remorse Mm. for getting rid of um, the last guy whose name escapes me right now. Jack Layton?
0: No, Declan died. I know. I was gonna say like they're all, like they didn't get rid of him, but he died. <laughs> I can't remember who it was before this guy. I can picture him. I can't even picture him. <laughs> the beard, huh? hair, uh, Tom
1: O'Claire. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, the Green Party, <laughs> which was at the time led by Elizabeth May, saw its best election results with three seats and for the first time received one million votes. The Greens also elected their first NDP from uh, British Columbia, uh, and they were elected in Fredericton, hmm. New Brunswick. Independent MP Jody wilson Rabel won her seat and is the first independent to win a seat in over a decade.
0: She was very popular.
1: Yes. Uh, and uh, in their first election, the People's Party failed to win any seats as leader Maxine Bernier lost his own seat.
0: So, had seventeen people in my riding vote for them, and I think that's seventeen people, seventeen hundred people, too many. I love that one of the parties was at the Rhino Party
1: had had someone running in his riding. His name was actually, also Maxine Bernier. <laughs> that is so awesome. This is why I love them. They're the Petty Party. I love it. Yeah. So I was like, just in case someone wasn't paying that much attention, <laughs> might vote for the wrong Maxine Bernier. Such a dick move. I love it. <laughs> uh. So we had lots of political scandals here in Canada this year. The year started with the SNC-Lavalin scandal that was boiling hot. The court case against SNC uh, ended with a whimper just this week uh, in December with a plea deal and a $250 million fine. That's like chump change for them. You just took away their corporate party fund. (laughs) Uh, The middle of the year, we saw a large amount of pitcher service Surface with our Prime Minister wearing brown face. They were taken at different times, so we know he did this more than
0: once. And most of the pictures are from the late 90s, 2000s. He couldn't even say that more pictures wouldn't surface because he had done it so often, he couldn't be sure of where pictures were taken or not. (laughs) The consensus from most Canadians is that they did not think Trudeau was racist, just made poor choices. (laughs) I have a... Like... I can see why people are saying that because he's very much his father and his mother's son like of that demographic socioeconomic group. That I get. It's fucking brown face. <laughs> like, we all know.
1: <laughs> um and this is a hallmark of Trudeau and his scandals which are like just poor decisions, yeah. right? In trying to intercede in SNC and leaving like a paper trail so when he was like Judy uh, is making it up, and she's yeah. like, "Here are my receipts, <laughs> <Yes>. bitches."
0: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you would think they'd slept together. She <laughs> was trying to deny it the way <laughs> she went out so fast with like images.
1: <laughs> Here are my receipts. Um, so I get that most people didn't think he's racist, and I don't necessarily think he's like super racist. But also, I don't know if the defense of poor decision making is yeah. also what you want in a leader of your country. I'm not racist, I'm just dumb. Come on, guys. <laughs> cool it. <laughs> but please elect me again as the leader of your country, which we did by a narrow, narrow
0: margin. Because there because was. look at who he was running against. Like, I know. It was the vote for the soul of this country. <laughs> um.
1: So that was our political scandals, which look against the states, not that big of a deal.
0: Still too much like the states for to be comfortable with it though. I know. <laughs> Who would have thought like a 30 something, I assume he's like late 30s. I don't know, early 40s. I think he's early 40s. I think he's a couple years older than me. Who would assume someone that young could have been that dumb? <laughs> Did you brownface more than once? Like I get that multiple times. <laughs> Again, he can't say how many times. Because A, he's done it so much he doesn't remember, and B, he can't be sure of where there were photos taken or not.
1: Not that I'm saying it excuses it, but sometimes when you see, like, older, because there was somebody in the States last year that it came mm-hmm. out, but I mean, that was happening, he was- That he, was from the like, 60s or 70s, though. It was even from earlier, I think it was even the 50s or 60s. Hmm. So it's like, it's not excusable, but it's a bit more like- Time and place. Time and place. Like It was a bit more acceptable back then, not that it's acceptable now, not right. that it should have been acceptable back then, right. but- this was happening
0: in the 90s and 2000s. He should have known better. Well, he was a teacher. He walked into a school dressed like that, and nobody went, Bud, no. <laughs> You're taking the Arabian Chilled Nights. Rinse. You're taking the Arabian Nights theme way too far. I mean, you didn't need the brown face for the costume. You're wearing a turban and no shirt, just a vest. We would have gotten there anyway. He even blackfaced out his hands for one of the photos. So not only did like the poor decision making like start here up top, it went all the way down. It's it's
1: just it's like, mind boggling. It's so it's it's just a hallmark of his of everything. His yeah, in his social economic class. And just like you know, with the whole deb- bleh, scandal or debacle, but just the poor choices of outfits with India trip from a couple of years ago. Oh yeah, like just where even India was
0: like cool it. <laughs> Like someone Take a big old step back, bud. <laughs> and then, like, did you see Kate went to Pakistan? Kate and Will went to Pakistan this year. She did something similar, but tasteful. Yeah. Nobody said anything. <laughs> That's be- how you do it?
1: <laughs> because she did not look like the outrageous extra from a Bollywood movie.
0: <laughs> not even a Bollywood movie. The love guru. Let's be honest That's here. <laughs> true.
1: And I rewatched that not that long ago.
0: Uh... <laughs> That's such a bad movie. Such a bad sartorial set of decisions by a prime minister. (laughs) But when we are... When we are... Justin.
1: If you're listening. (laughs) As we know you do. As we know you do. Next time. Stop. Think. Am I going to look like a bad Mike Myers movie? Hmm. Mm-hmm. And if the
0: answer is remotely yes, don't do it. Don't do it. Put Just up, bro. don't do it. <laughs> I mean, you're married now, so I hope she's at least got, like, final decision making. She's she's a, not that down to earth either, but, like, a second set of grown-up eyes might be what the situation needs. At the very least... They were have- both dressed outrageously in India. <laughs> and they dressed up yes. their children. <laughs> But so, I have never seen her in blackface. That is true. That <laughs> is very true. Maybe go to the kids every Monday morning and just be like, "Here's what I'm planning for the week. Any thoughts?" <laughs> that four year old would be like, Mm-mm.
1: "Daddy, you're racist." <laughs> <sighs> oh, okay.
0: Now, onto the still better than all the other choices we had.
1: That is true. Because <laughs> right now, Andrew Shear is seeing a controversy starting because they are questioning his $900,000 in expenses.
0: I mean, they should question the haircut first, but I guess we'll get around to that, too. Like, Jeans? Jesus. so unnecessary. He's like an 80s dad come to life with the same
1: haircut. <laughs> I, I, I will miss Elizabeth May, if nothing else, for her appearances on uh, This Hour's 22 Minutes. Because, as they said when she left, if they were short, they could always call Elizabeth <laughs> and she would
0: always be there. <laughs> yes. We worked with someone who worked with Elizabeth May, and we complain about Elizabeth May's management tile and technique, and then we just copy it exactly. Yeah. Blow for blow. And every time it would happen, I'd just be looking at her like, you're fucking Elizabeth May all over again. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Now, up for the good, uh, good news. It was a big year in Canadian sports with the Toronto Raptors winning the NBA championship for the first time since joining the league in 1995. Yes, the that run, happened. the run to the championship saw the country overcome with basketball fever. Towns across the country set up viewing parties in community centers and town squares.
0: Did we? Yep, did we, we did. We really? We did. All right, I'll take your word for it. They definitely did. I saw it on Twitter. Beyond that. <laughs> It did not oh. enter my life. <laughs> they set up a big party
1: in uh, Elmont because that's where James Naismith was born.
0: Right, peach and, basket
1: dude. Yes, and he created basketball.
0: Thank you, Historica
1: Canada. Canada.
0: That's See? how we know about it.
1: It all comes back. <laughs> uh, Bianca, a, a straight. Oh God, why can't I say anything today? And rescue. And rescue. Thank you. I even knew that. (laughs) Uh, Was not a name that most people knew at the start of the year, but that changed when she advanced as a wild card to the final at India Wells in March, where she beat out number eight, uh, the eighth seed. She was 18 years old at the time. This is tennis? Tennis. A a shoulder injury kept her from playing at Wimbledon, but she returned to the court for her hometown tournament, the Rogers Cup. Um, and she marched all the way to the final, defeating Serena Williams after Serena had was forced to retire due, in, due to injury. The cards lined up perfectly once again in September at the U.S. Open, when Bianca met uh, Serena once again in the finals. And she again defeated her to become the first Canadian to win a Grand Slam singles title.
0: Get it, girl. Mm-hmm. Again, she's only 19. Make us all feel bad about ourselves. Way to go! Don't get it, girl. <laughs> uh,
1: in two thousand and nineteen, Brooke Henderson became the winning- winningest golfer in Canadian history. And at the rate she was winning tournaments, uh, it was bound to happen. She also won the CP Women's Open this in two thousand and eighteen, and she has she at twenty two year old two years old has already won nine LPGA titles. Hmm. She's only been playing uh, in the LPGA for two, maybe three years. I feel unaccomplished. Yes. <laughs> she is also from... Our neck of the woods. Yeah, Carlton Place. Yeah. yeah. On a less happy note, uh, the year saw a murdering, murder mystery remnant, reminiscent of a movie play out in northern BC. Three people were murdered, two missing in the wilderness of northern BC, the two uh, missing young men soon became suspects and launched a massive uh, manhunt covering hundreds of kilometers and uh, lasting weeks. In the end, the bodies of the two suspects were found in the bush. The deaths were ruled a suicide. For a more a detailed look at the case, see our episode 52 when I talk about it, or see the RCMP final report in the show notes. Apparently in their suicide video, they did take responsibility for the killings Uh, did say they planned to kill more people but then when they couldn't get out of Gillum, Manitoba, they killed themselves.
0: Which everyone knew because Gillum just sounds like a terribly hard place to get out of. It's it's literally the end of the road. Right. So fuck you, Man Tracker. (laughs) Exactly.
1: (laughs) Fuck you. Which is, I think, what I said. Yeah, it (laughs) was.
0: (laughs) Man Tracker has not been at all relevant in our lives except for this story. (laughs) Exactly. And that is my look at Canada. Anything else happened in Canada? Can't think of anything. No. (laughs) The big ones. A lot of elections, brown face, and some sports. Eh. And murders. That sums it up. (laughs) Bit of a mixed bag for us this year. So last year we threw this in at the end uh, because there was just so much of it happening. Uh, And then we didn't think there'd be enough to do it again this year, but it turns out there was. And that is royal news. Mm Mm-hmm. So when you say royals, we mean the British royals, because we don't know much about the others, but I do know the Emperor of Japan got crowned this year. That's what I was going to say. All of the royal houses are, like, represented there. That's all I know about foreign royals, other than the whole, like, uh, Thai mistress thing. But we talked about that in another show. Yes. So British royal news in that case. Baby Archie was born this year. On May 6th, Archie Harrison Mountbatten-Windsor was born. He readjusted the line of succession and is currently seventh in line. But some early signs indicate that his parents, the Duke and Duchess of Sussex, will keep him out of the family business. The name—no one wants a King Archie. Let's face facts.
1: (laughs) Well, they get to change their name too when they become king, don't they? Like they can choose. Yeah. Do you think
0: they're gonna do that anymore? Like, I think in the era of the 24-hour news cycle and mass media and social... That's true. Like, it's going to be King Charles. He's not going to go like King Albert, because everyone's going to be like, okay, you're, like, really close to death, so why? And two, we're going to call you Charles anyway, so don't bother. (laughs) So uh, Harry and Meghan declined to give their son one of Harry's lesser titles, which uh, he was entitled to. And that's why he'll be formally addressed as Master Archie Mountbatten Windsor, rather than Lord something or other. Uh, Master Archie is going to get his ass kicked Because that does not sound good No (laughs) Could have given him protection of the lordship but no (laughs) Uh, We got our first good look at him in South Africa While his parents were on a royal tour And Christ does he ever look like his dad did when he was a baby So Who his actual father is I'm not saying But like his grandfather But like it's clear that is Henry's son Like hands down Uh, Otherwise it's been a rough year For Meghan and Harry uh, rumors of a rift between them and Will and Kate seem to be true. Harry hinted at it in an interview. They've set up their own offices. they moved out of Kensington Palace. There's not spending the holidays with the royal family. Like, it seems like they're slowly, if not aggressively, digging themselves out of that hole. Uh, and then Harry slammed the British media for coverage of his wife and threatened lawsuits and... Because it's been very racist. It's not been great. But it is the British media, so, I mean... They are very racist. They are. And also, it's like a sport to them. So, That's true. I can see him slowly just getting themselves less and less. Like, his whole family. Yeah, but I think they enjoy the the charity work too much. And so, if they pull too much out of the family business, that goes away to a certain extent, Mm. too. So, I can see him looking for the, the equilibrium between those two worlds. Sort of the princess and of it all right like her kids yeah. don't have titles right yes but she's still Princess she's still active yes yeah so we'll have to see how it shakes out yeah. for them yeah if i had to guess i'd say in 2020 we'll see less of them and less and less of them at events that don't fit with their personal charities as so they withdraw from their other public duties that's my bet but now the big royal nails <laughs> the real petty shit that you and I are going to really geek out over. And that is that Prince Andrew is out. He seemed to have some sort of friendship with uh, sexual predator, Jeffrey Epstein, who died suspiciously in custody this year uh, in New York. He was arrested earlier this year and is alleged to have committed suicide while in custody. uh, But it's suspected that he had a lot of dirt about a lot of powerful people, uh, including Prince Andrew and president trash monster. And the autopsy was less than clear, and certain guards were asleep, quote-unquote, when it happened. There's an investigation. It looks dicey. So in order to stem the flow of bad press about him, Andrew agreed to do a BBC interview to talk about what he knew when, how he didn't know he was having sex with the 17-year-olds he met through Epstein, and how people should lay off of him. It did not go well.
1: Oh, that's the understatement of the year. Yeah.
0: So throughout the interview, he claims that his friendship was actually with Epstein's girlfriend, Ghislaine Maxwell, who seems to have been something of a procurer of young women for Epstein. So I'm not sure that's the argument Andrew really wants to make here, but he made it a lot. <laughs> so she was the madam. I don't think that's where you want to go. <sighs> no, it's not. Uh, well, Epstein offered Andrew use of his home in the U.S. when he wanted to visit and Andrew took him up on it. Uh quote andrew said quote it would be a considerable stretch to say that he was a very very close friend end quote which if true means rich people are wild man like come stay at my multi-million dollar home it's fine but we're not good friends like, yeah I, what huh i do not understand rich people at all no no <laughs> Uh, He claimed he didn't know anything about the accusation about Epstein in the 2000s because it was never reported in the British press. So how was he to know? As if he didn't have handlers and a press office and vetters to look up people that he was going to go spend evenings with. Like, it wasn't in the tabloid. So how was he to know? He's not at fault. Uh, Epstein was charged and convicted of sex trafficking in 2006. And Andrew says he didn't talk to him for four years after that. But then went to stay with him in New York City in 2010. About that trip, Andrew told the BBC, quote, I've questioned myself as to why did I go and what was I doing? And was it the right thing to do? Now I went there with the sole purpose of saying to him that because he had been convicted, it was inappropriate for us to be seen together, end quote. Normal people and people who actually don't want to be seen with someone just ghost them, bud. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) You haven't talked to him for four years, six years, four years. And then you feel the need to travel to New York City to break up with him. Face to face. Yeah. Text. Uh, Just fucking ghost him. You hadn't talked to him for four years. (laughs) Yeah. Ugh. So, yes, my next point. So he went to break up with Epstein, uh, but then stayed at his house during that 2010 trip. When asked why in the interview, he said, quote, it was a convenient place to stay. At which point I burst out laughing while reading uh because later in the interview well i burst out laughing at that point because it's a convenient place to say. It's just a really dumb thing for a rich person to say like you could literally have a trailer built on the street out front of his home probably no one was gonna say anything that would have been just as convenient but what and then later in the interview andrew notes that the british consulate's home is actually right down the street from epstein's place he couldn't have stayed there yeah or at one of the two or three hotels you can find in manhattan i guess (laughs) <laughs> yeah, the two or three hundred. I'm yeah. going to see the Waldorf. Thousands? Like, come on. Convenient. Okay. Uh, another LOL moment is when the interviewer points out that Epstein was observed with lots of young women during this period of the trip in 2010. And Andrew says, quote, I mean, you have to understand that his house, I described it more as almost as a railway station, if you know what I mean, in the sense that there were people coming out, coming in and out of that house all the time. End quote. And I laugh because yes, that's what sex traffickers do. <laughs> like, it is a fucking railway station of sex trafficked women. But then, how is it that convenient to stay there? And you're yeah. like, hey, who's this rando? Does yes. my security not have to clear everyone who comes through? As you know, I'm the queen's son. Like, come on. <laughs> the woman accusing him of sleeping with her when she was 17 says he was a sweater. Things I did not need to know. <laughs> And that she had to have a bath after having sex with him to get it all off of her. And here's what Andrew has to say about that little nugget. Quote, there's a slight problem with the sweating because I have a peculiar medical condition, which is that I don't sweat or I didn't sweat at the time. That was that it. Yes, I didn't sweat at that time because I had suffered what I would describe as an overdose of adrenaline in the Falklands War when I was shot at. And I simply it was almost impossible for me to sweat and it's only because I have done a number of things in the recent past that I am starting to be able to do that again. So I'm afraid to say that there's a medical condition that says that I didn't do it, therefore. End quote. So, first off, I didn't mush-mouse that. That is literally him trying to vamp as he's answering this question. Second of all, yes, Andrew was stationed on a British warship during the Falkland War in 1982. However, it wasn't like when Henry or Harry was in Afghanistan and no one was talking about it for him and his team's safety. There was a journalist literally attached to Andrew throughout, so how much of actual risk he was ever actually in is a dicey claim to make. And this was, in fact, the first time that I had ever heard that he had took fire in the Falklands. Just saying. Also, I don't know how an adrenaline overdose causes you to stop sweating, I'm pretty sure that would melt Two your... Two decades ago? Three decades ago? do Yeah. <laughs> uh and how you could not sweat and survive as a human it's one of our regulating temperature yeah. things that we do uh, i'm gonna call bs
1: <laughs> so and also saying i didn't sleep with her because i'm not sweaty yeah
0: i yes she's made up the sweat i like so therefore it's a the whole true. story
1: is, okay
0: Uh, In the end, Andrew busted out with this argument. Quote, I grew up a prince. No, sorry, this isn't a quote. This is my summary. He's saying he grew up a prince, so seeing a bunch of people at Epstein's house didn't seem odd to him. He assumed that they were staff. Because he was just so used to having random 16-year-old girls running around the palace, I guess. So he just assumed the 16-year-old girls he was seeing at Epstein's house were just staff. At which point, I I rolled so hard, I almost died. (laughs) Like, that is... It's the equivalent of don't you know who I am as an argument. It doesn't fly.
1: Also, I can't... How many
0: 16-year-old girls is the palace employing? Right. That's the question we all need to be asking. So there were some serious consequences for him and his girls as a result of this interview. Andrew asked the queen, and she agreed that he'd be allowed to retire from active public life. So like all the fuck-ups, mommy gets to foot the bill for him now on rather than the taxpayer. Uh, No word yet if she'll ask him to move out of the basement. We'll have to see. But who knows? He is her favorite, so he's probably going to slide on this one. His office at Buckingham was closed, and while his girls don't always, uh, and while his girls have always been private citizens, they did use his office for a lot of their charity work. So now that's at risk because they have nowhere to do their work out of. Eugenie is an advocate for charities that support victims of sex trafficking. Irony is a real bitch, uh, and she has had to step back from her work with them for the sake of the organizations, just to keep them safe. Beatrice got engaged before all of this happened and now there is speculation that she'll have a small private wedding, likely in Italy where her fiancé is from, to avoid the media and questions about her dad. She may have gone this route by choice, but it now seems like a full royal wedding like her sister and cousins have had. It's completely off the table. And the west the West is the younger one, the baby of the family, and his wife seem to have stepped up and are taking on more of a public role uh, at events that you would normally have seen prince andrew at so they're picking up his slack as well greeting foreign leaders and attending military ceremonies yeah i don't even know what his name is edward mm, yeah i mean there's only like four names we can really pick from <laughs> <Sure>. <laughs> uh sounds all right. right
1: because they didn't have a george no yeah. so it must be edward
0: I know she's Sophie. Sophie and Edward. That sounds about right. And she looks a lot like Diana. Or she did. Yeah. When when they married. Yeah. So yeah. That's uh, royal news for this year.
1: Mm.
0: What a fucking mess. (laughs) Yeah. Again. People are like, oh.
1: Fergie is still defending him. Well, no, duh. Yeah. She knows where her money comes from. Yeah. If she stops defending him... She's living where? Weight
0: watches isn't paying what it used to. So. I don't think she's still a... Is she still a person? She's sort of... Yes, Andy, she's still a person. <laughs> Spokesperson? Spokesperson, yes. There it is. I don't know, Kevin Smith might be getting those checks now. <laughs> uh, so,
1: I'm doing science and tech. So it was a big year. Most of this is just space, though. I didn't really do yeah. tech or health. Uh, Because I went down the rabbit hole of space news. Um, It was a big year for space news. NASA tested its new liquid hydrogen tank that is part of a new space launch system, calling it the strongest rocket ever made. It actually tested its successful testing uh, means that the 2024 Artemis project of sending the first woman and the next man to the lunar surface is on track. And actually, they tested it at 264% over the limit of weight that they needed to take hmm. before it actually collapsed. Yeah, so
0: there you go. Yeah. So they can pack heavy.
1: Yeah. In October, astronauts Christina Notch and Jesse Meir made the first all-female spacewalk. It was supposed to happen in March, but ill-fitting suits meant that it had to be canceled. Veteran astronaut Tracy Caldwell-Dyson said that although the historic event is worth celebrating, I think many of us are looking forward to this just being normal. Yep. We also got the first pictures ever of a black hole. The Event Horizon Telescope Multi-Wavelength Working Group, which is several NASA spacecraft focused on the black hole at the center of Messer 87, in April of 27, captured images using different varieties of X-ray light. The uh, combination of the combined result of their data is the first image of a black hole, and it was released this year. Um, It's the culmination of over a decade of work. The result was 500,000 trilobytes of data (laughs) taken over two weeks that was processed through a supercomputer to reveal the image. So, like, our texting history. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, With a mass of, uh, this black hole has a mass of 6.5 billion times the sun. Scientists describe the M87 black hole as the heavyweight champion of black holes in the universe. (laughs) The fiery halo surrounding the black hole is a result of superheated gas falling into the hole and is brighter than the combined lights of all the other stars in the galaxy, which is why it's visible
0: from Earth. Dang, yo. There's a Canadian connection on that story, too. One of the uh, people on the team is from Ottawa. Cool. I only know this because I went to university with his brother. (laughs) Nice. Yeah, 12 years it took them to plan this. They got a lot of money for it, too. They won some sort of prize. Dollar, dollar bills, y'all.
1: Yeah. (laughs) Uh, if you like this one, okay. So etched into a metal disc the size of the DVD, a 3 million page lunar library archiving human knowledge was sent to the moon on Israel's Beresheet spacecraft in late February 2019. Hmm. The disc is part of a project by the ARC Mission Foundation, a Los Angeles-based nonprofit foundation that seeks to preserve the knowledge and biology of our planet, and In a solar system-wide project called the Billion Years Archive. The Foundation hopes that by leaving records on the moon and finding other locations to send these quote-unquote libraries, the knowledge of human civilization will be lost to future future generations who might benefit from knowing their predecessors' mistakes.
0: Okay, but after the apocalypse, it's going to be real hard to get up to the moon to get that thing back. (laughs) Sorry, that's just the, the negative Nellie in me. <laughs> Maybe they're thinking, like, a Doctor Who type of future where we go into the stars and... Ah, and that dude always managed to find the one person with a British accent to talk to. So, <laughs> needles and haystacks, Not a thing in space. <laughs> that was the TARDIS. <laughs> it translates. Okay. It's stuck in
1: British mode. Yeah. <laughs> uh, NASA's version of the Energizer Bunny... Uh, the Opportunity rover mission came to an end in February. This mission was originally supposed to only last 90
0: days, but the rover kept on it on for 15 years. They don't make them like they used to. No. Nowadays, that thing would die in, like, what, 30 days? <laughs> well, I think I talked about this in one of my spaces, uh, is that they plan for these,
1: like, little missions. Yeah. And then build it to last for Ages. fucking ever. Yeah. <laughs> and then they just keep getting... Funding, yep. smaller amounts of funding, because it's like, hey, look, he's still sending back data. And they go, okay, here's like $10 million. Uh, okay. yeah. And then they just keep getting renewed. Um, Voyager sent back, Voyager 2 sent back data this year, just at the end of last year, beginning of this year, yes. when it crossed the Hellosphere yep. and, uh, and, and is now in, but again, they were launched in the 70s. Yep. And they're keeping on, keeping on. Never underestimate the power of the slide rule. (laughs) Get shit done. (laughs) New uh, research published in Science Magazine and recent research from NASA using data from NASA's Cassier Haydn's spacecraft has revealed three new things about Saturn. The first is that the sixth planet from the sun hasn't always had its rings. Oh. Uh, The distinctive halo that defines the planet was only formed about, you know... Ten to a hundred million years ago, so not that long. So, God liked it, and you put a ring on it. (laughs) Whoa! And will only last about another hundred million years as the rings are slowly being drawn back into the planet. Huh. We won't be here to see that.
0: Speak for yourself.
1: (laughs) I mean, human civilization is the way we're going. Won't be here in a hundred million years. True. We got, like,
0: another six years in us,
1: if we're lucky. (laughs) Um, also, a day on Saturn is 10 hours, 33 minutes, and 38 seconds. Oh, bitch moves fast. Mm-hmm. She spins, baby, spins. <laughs> China had a big space year. The Chang 4 mission was the first to land on the dark side of the moon and is also the first mission to grow biological matter on the moon. Hmm. Although the International Space Station has been home to plants before, this is the first time plants have germinated on the moon. The plants are not obviously growing directly in the lunar soil. I love how the article actually felt the need to say that, but are sealed in their own containers uh, and share space with cotton. Sorry. They're in their own container. The cotton and potato seeds share their space with yeast and fruit fly eggs in an attempt to form their own self-sustaining biosphere. The plants sprouted their first buds on January 14th, 2019. Supplied with their own air, water, and nutrients, the plants are important for learning how well humans can grow food on moon, on the moon, something that could be important as we further explore space.
0: See, this never made sense to me. As long as you put a strong enough building around it, you should be able to do anything anywhere, right? Yes. Bottom of the sea, other planet, like... But then you have to control the
1: atmosphere yeah. and... But yes.
0: But like... So when these people are like, oh, we're growing this on the moon, like, no, no, you built the appropriate equipment on the moon to grow stuff in. Like, yes. that's the story here. Yes. <laughs> but the fact that it's working. Yeah. Like, are we talking like, like a two by two box? Are Probably. We talking, like, so really, who are they going to feed? Like, <laughs> Upscale it. And then I will be really excited. The fact that they can even do it is impressive. True. It,
1: it wasn't a manned mission, right? No. It's an unmanned mission. Yeah. So So it did all that by remote. Yep. All right. And last but not least, NASA's New Horizons mission discovered the most distant object ever explored. It may not look much, but that lumpy half-snowman is a big deal. (laughs) Part of the Kemper Belt, Ultima Tula can help show the process that created the planets. To quote Jeff Moore, said, New Horizons is like a time machine taking us back to the birth of the solar system. We are seeing a physical representation of the beginning of planetary formation frozen in time. So
0: cool space
1: nerds. Yeah. <laughs> I should have done more on space and science and other tech, but I that's as far as I got. Awesome. Because I like space. I know and, you do.
0: Yeah. <laughs> I
1: don't know, I'm fascinated by it.
0: Well, there's one last thing to do to wrap out twenty nineteen. Uh, And that is, I listened to last year's episode. Oh, yes! To find out. We were going to do good news stories, and then I totally forgot. Yeah, I found a list. I can put it in the show notes. But, like, we're at two hours and ten minutes, so. Let's just talk about what we predicted last year for this year. See what we were hoping for. So you said you hope that the year just gets better. is better. Yes or no? Did that happen? Just in general. Uh, Better year? Yeah,
1: yeah couldn't have been much worse than last year. (laughs) Yes, it was better.
0: More sleep? No. Okay. Your dad's surgery happened quickly? Yes, it did. It did. Your mom didn't kill your dad? No, they're still both alive and together. You have proof of life. You saw them several hours ago. They're fine. (laughs) A calmer year? Uh, (laughs) No. no. (laughs) You had to to think about it. It was a no on that. Uh, Karma for justice? Because we have that long list of like trashy-ass men. I don't know if really... uh eh, Jury's still out on that one. Yeah. Uh, that we all just do better. <laughs> no. <laughs> uh, my list was that Mueller hurries up and releases his report. We got it this year. Didn't do what we thought it would do. But it came out. Uh, impeachment slash uh, appointments annulled. Well, the impeachment happened... Down to the wire, but I got that. Uh, the environment gets back on track. <laughs> it's got worse. <laughs> it couldn't
1: have gone more the other way. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh,
0: world peace, curing world hunger, because we all have to look for that at some yeah. point. Not happened. Uh, and that Twitter shuts the fuck down. I mean, it, has <laughs> got, it has gotten worse. So that was us for last year. What do you want to see for 2020? Ugh. World peace? <laughs>
1: <laughs> okay, well. Is that my Miss Ge- Miss America answer?
0: We can have this conversation again. <laughs> In a year. I don't think much will have changed.
1: <laughs> I'd love to say more sleep again. Okay. A calmer year. We'll add that to the list. Yeah, we'll just carry that one over. Okay. Carry
0: it over. <laughs> oh, man. What about you? Not about me. I would like to see not just impeachment, but removal from office of certain President Cheetos uh, and the annulment of judiciary appointments, because if the President's not legitimate, are any of yeah. his appointments legitimate? Again, Twitter, shut you the fuck down. I would like to carry that one over. I would like to pass my PhD courses, not fail anything. Didn't fail the first one. High five. Did not do as good as I would have hoped. But I did not fail it. But it's philosophy. So, I failed philosophy 102. So, this is a... <laughs> the fact that I passed this one makes me happy. Uh, that this depression bubble lifts. That would be nice. That would also be nice. Yeah. Another couple weeks and then the med should be up at therapeutic levels. So, we should see what's what then. But, yeah. That's it for me. I only want little things. Oh, and a um, lot of win. That'd be nice! <laughs> oh my God, wouldn't that be awesome? I just even take a little bit of money right now. Some dude won a hundred thousand dollars to the grocery store here. When I saw a hundred thousand dollar winning ticket in our village as the headline, I was like, "Get the fuck out of my way! I have tickets to check." You know, I have a bunch of tickets. In my was not me. <laughs> Very disappointed. Oh my God! I I would. Yeah, that would be so nice right now. Yeah, you yeah, am just a hundred grand. Yeah, I mean, you don't get to quit your job, but it'll be. It's a lot. Let's go fuck you money for the first, like, little while Let you do go back to work. <laughs> well, I have to find a job, so let's you do go for that. that. I have to go back to work. It'd be nice to have the go fuck you money. <laughs> Look at me sideways once. And it's just like, mm <laughs> <Hello. laughs> Yeah. So that is our episode for this week. That is our wrap-up for 2019. Mm-hmm. 2020.
1: Coming Whole new us. decade.
0: Whole new decade. I'm really looking forward to being able to say, like, uh, it's the 20s, like we used to do with the, it's the 90s. I'm really looking forward to that. That's going to be big for me this decade, I'll tell you that much right now. Oh. <laughs> uh, cool it on all the Great Gatsby jokes. That book's terrible. I don't want to talk about the Roaring 20s <laughs> all over again. I've never read The Great Gatsby. Do yourself a favor and don't. <laughs> I'm never that interested in it. It's one of those books that everyone says, like, oh my god, it was so like instrumental in my development of self. Then I realized these people read it in high school and are terrible people, so why do I really care?
1: (laughs) I think I've seen like maybe 15 minutes of the Leonardo DiCaprio uh,
0: movie of it, and I was like, no. I got all I needed out of the memes from that. (laughs) Good. Yeah. (laughs) So, uh, enjoy the start of your new decade. We've already recorded our first episode of the new year, so that's Mm -hmm. coming at you this time next week. Uh, but in the meantime, if you want to head over to our website, that is www.rabbitholespodcast.com. While you're there, you can check out the episode tab to get our show notes for this episode and all the other episodes. You can also check out the merch tab, which takes you to our Redbubble store. So you can get some Rabbit Holes podcast gear to go into the new decade stylishly. And you can head over to our Patreon page via the support tab and come on board as a patron of the show. We would love to have you.
1: If you want to see what we're doing on social media, you can check us out on Instagram at Rabbitholes Podcast, on Facebook at Rabbitholes Podcast page, Twitter at Rabbitholes Pod. You can also send us an email if you want to tell us a rabbit hole you've gone down or if you just want to tell us anything. Emails would be lovely. Rabbitholespodcast at gmail.com. If you like what we're doing, you can give us a rating, a review... Uh, or give us a rec- as a recommendation to your friends and family. Uh, we will take all the listeners we can get. We've been doing pretty good. Racking up some pretty good numbers. Um, but uh, love having new people on board. I'm going to post
0: this to social media at the end of the, the year. But to date, our top countries, the U.S. Woohoo! I think the rabbit hole, or the, um, and that's why we drink of it all. we got mm, a big yes. boost at the U.S. Then Canada, then the U.K., South Africa Australia and Ireland make up our top hmm. countries cities Ottawa then Montreal Dallas is number three hmm. for this sure. year not Dallas Toronto St. John I think that's you and your folk Mountain View San Jose Sydenham which I also assume is somewhere in Newfoundland it sounds newfy no. hmm. Eldorado huge in El Dorado. Again, tell us where you are so we can steal your gold. (laughs) Uh, And uh, Chicago. These are some of our big, big, uh, big listeners for 2019. Cool. Yeah. So there's only one last thing to do tonight, and that's to remind you that if you don't know where you're going, any road will take you there. Bye, guys. Bye. Bye.